Episode 99 and Prof, I'm back. You're back here. Gary P is back and Johnny Blues. Um, still sponsored by Camille Toy Talent Takeaway and it is still gorgeous and fantastic and brilliant. Everything you can think of, so get down there and check out the Grove in Tala Village. Tala Toy. Probably one thing I didn't do enough while you were away was I didn't plug Camille enough. Yeah, well, you probably shouldn't say that on air, Prof. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we've a lot to talk about. Lot going down, lot went on. Three games to talk about the two legs against Apollon Limassol in the Europa League second qualifying round with a trip to Cork sandwiched in between. And we brought in McDara Ferris to talk all things Cyprus. So we look ahead to Finn Harps in the FAA Cup on Friday as well. Yeah, this is your first show in a month, Gary. First show in a month, wow. First game mm. and since I was in Cork, but uh, yeah, it is. It's. And I've missed it, I'll be honest, I've, been, I've missed it. And your first show on Johnny Blue since June, because your last one was actually in the Four Provinces. Yeah, true, bunch of bums taking me place, so <laughs> I heard, didn't even listen to the shows, prof. I know, uh, like I said, we'll move on to the guest hosts, Barney and the Cairns, but it's fantastic stuff. Barney, um, not surprised by Barney at all, totally listenable fella, absolute <clears throat> head case and a gentleman, so... Um, Barney from Donabeish. Yeah, Donna Beish. I got I was cracking up listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they say it out there, I think. Um the Cairns brothers as well, lots to talk about with them. Uh a couple of things we probably can't talk about. We'll we'll get to them. Mm. We'll, we'll let you know soon. If we are gonna talk about some controversial subjects. They spoke very well again. Yeah, very well Carl did and anyway, no, sorry, Connor spoke very well. <laughs> like you said, we know where the education budget was used up in that household. And only the other day, actually, Gareth, officially, that episode overtook as our most listened to show this year. I noticed. Didn't want to say it. <laughs> you weren't going to bring it up. But though. I noticed. And yeah, uh, 1,242 listens. And it's only a few hundred off our record. That's Cousins and Kenny. Yeah. And so, I mean, Carl Cairns sitting in on weekends just playing it over and over and over. Did it work the tree? So. No, I spent no other explanations. Was it? <laughs> well done, girl. One of our earlier shows actually got four thousand listens, and I don't know. That was Trev, wasn't it? The course was that some sort of abnormality. Yeah, I could have been, but there was a. It was a. It was yeah. a big thing. He coursed a couple of times. We had Tom versus Trev in the quiz, but did four thousand people actually listen to that quiz? Well, I don't know. know. We don't know. We'll, we'll presume we will. The, the listens don't lie, Prof. Right? The listens don't lie. So we're on your own. Except when Carl Cairns is on. <laughs> You're on your holidays in Bulgaria. Yeah, it was on Bulgaria. Didn't catch a game. There was no games on over there. Uh, OFC Nessabar was the local team. Three hours away was Sofia. There was nothing really around. No ball, nothing like that. You could barely. We didn't even get the game at one stage. So um, absolute mad kip. I, I could go into it, but I don't want to be followed home by some dodgy mafia types. I saw, um, the, I saw the flag hanging from the balcony. Time dedicated to hoops. Ah, uh, had to be. Yeah, bring it everywhere. That go. really is the perfect motto, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I think we, we came up with it on the way home a trip we had to have and it, it was just like I think we were drinking cans of bombers back in our cider days and I think we were looking at a can and it was just like time dedicated to you fucking time dedicated to hoops I think we had on the back of a loss on a, on a way loss so it's a it actually is we should bring it out more often we don't bring the flags out enough as we said Gary you did miss some things you missed two come from behind wins in Europe and you missed a 7-0 win so I'm hearing the best wins ever <laughs> in Europe not just 
two behind wins, two the best ever yeah. wins I'm hearing. Uh, unlike you, Gareth, Gareth Brennan did have a very good reason for missing the. Uh, no, not game. good enough. Not for uh, me, anyway. Yeah, congrats to his new baby girl. Oh yeah, all jokes aside, congrats to to Gareth Brennan, one of the one of the crew, one of the bogies, and uh, big congrats to him and the missus and the brand new baby. So uh, another hoop making our way through Tala Tornstiles soon enough anyway well, not soon enough maybe a couple of years but uh, big congrats to Gar and his, his lovely lovely wife I was or, off. Or, no sorry not wife yet it's, I think it's fiance oh so uh, will we, uh, who's going to get the, the best man prof is it me or you <laughs> I was actually off for two weeks as well but I was professional so I just stayed in Ireland <laughs> so we could, we could continue the podcast but the, yeah, ima- the amount of people that come up to me and work now and ask me about robbers and it's especially been the last four or five months. And it's like... Welcome to the oh. club, prof. I was like, oh, what happened to you on Friday, Carl? What happened to the Rovers? You are officially last? the Rovers guy in work now on your shift. Yeah. I'm the Rovers guy in work on my shift. Anything that happens, they come up. And it's always what you said. Oh, what happened? They love when shit goes wrong. <laughs> <coughs> they love when shit goes wrong. Especially these European toys. They come up to you and they're like, oh, you should have beat them. Yeah? I fucking know. <laughs> Thanks. But that brings me to my point, Gareth, because then I go to Norway and then I'm on holidays for two weeks and then we get these two brilliant results, typical, when I'm not there. Nobody to talk to. And then I finally come back and 60 different people say, you going to Cyprus, Carl? You going to Cyprus? You going to Cyprus, Carl? (laughs) I'm like, hang on. I was in Norway. It was probably the best trip so far. And the Rawers are back. Let's talk about that. The Rovers are back. Oh, we don't even get into this. The potential of what's going on right now with the club. Um, we'll, we'll suspend that for a couple of whiles. And then we'll talk about Connor's suspension. Received a five-game match ban. And uh, absolutely insane. A farce. For being chased around the pitch. Not even chased. Just backed off. And you both players chasing them. You both fans chasing them. Officials. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. And just 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 to just to remind everybody, this is an independent podcast. We don't represent Connor Cairns, Carl Cairns, any of the Cairns family. They were guest hosts on the show because the Rovers fans, like many others, have been before. But what happened at UCD and to Connor Cairns is an absolute fucking disgrace, and uh, it stinks of nepotism, cronyism, and all sorts of shit that football is surrounded by nowadays. Yeah, welcome to the FEI, where putting your face in someone's face is a five-game <laughs> ban, but pulling someone's hair. Gets nothing. Yeah, but he attacked his fingers with his eyeballs, Carl. Oh, of course, yeah. How do you, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the number five, though. Where is where did it come from? Uh, will I tell you where it came from? So he misses Daily Mount. Yeah, that was my first time. Had to be. Although even four would have missed Daily Mount. That I makes it even, that makes it even stranger. That it didn't need five for him to miss Daily Mount. But um. Like you're saying, like Connor was on the show, so naturally we might be a little bit biased here. But for example, Booker, he'd know Connor well as well, friend of Cal Kearns. He said that he sent the video to a complete neutral, mm. no interest in robbers, League of Ireland, and he said, "Have a look at this video. Who gets the ban? And tell me who do you think should get bans and for how long?" Right. And he said Connor maybe won. At a push. For the initial celebration. Yeah. Twiggy-esque. And he said, Buckley should get the most banned. Yeah. The most banned. Oh, Buckley got anything, did he? No. Zero. Zero. Oh, my God. Um, 
it's it's we could go on about it, but uh, we won't because there's a uh, we just won't. And um, just on the on the game though, uh, Connor came into the podcast the night of the UCD game, and uh, fair few oranges on board, yeah, fizzy oranges. I said orange, but actually he did have a non-alcoholic beer. We just found it in the fridge. No, he's on the list of Hadron now. So I implied that he was drinking beer, but it was actually non-alcoholic. No, he's barred from Jenny Blues. But uh, yeah, It was in Jenny Blues' fridge? Yeah. <laughs> How did that get there? I don't know what it was doing there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they shipped seven goals without him playing. Just kind of bad the way that worked out. But something I didn't mention in the show. Uh, during that game, it was at f- 5-0. And I made a bet with Deco. I said... We will score no more than seven in this game. So then we made this bet on the spot. It was a tenner. And my thinking was, I knew that we hadn't scored eight goals in over 50 years. <laughs> and there's a reason these things happen. The reason, like, Roberts have scored seven quite a few times since then. It's hard to actually break, like, set, break a new record. True, true. When's the last time you broke one like that? I mean, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, well, I'll tell you the year, actually. It was 1963. You <laughs> just happened to have yeah. it there. Yeah. JFK had been dead for two days, Gary. <laughs> yeah. What a show. Remember that show we were both obsessed with, the JFK oh, yeah. one? What a show. James, James Franco. Franco. Brilliant. That was funny during the game, because I like, was just trying to see what happened. And Deco was like, did they know the record or what? He was getting antsy. <laughs> Do they know the record? They don't even know how many <laughs> leagues and titles and cups we won. Not a chance yeah. they know the record. And then you got that inevitable lull in the game at 7-0. Yeah, just passing it around, knocking yeah. it around, yeah. But, uh, no, that was quite funny. So, um, yeah, uh, pretty much that's the UCD game wrapped up, 7-0. We'll probably talk a little bit more about it. We're going to, a big, big announcement now. Pros, how long ago did we trumpet? We have reached 1,000 followers on Twitter. And it was in quick time as well, because we Instagram pushed it. Through the roof, I reckon. And then I was going to go onto Twitter and do an Instagram one to get us to a thousand on Instagram. We were quite a few short. So if, if you are listening, follow us on Instagram, Tales from the East End. Uh, get us to a thousand. I think we're about 200 short. But Instagram, quick little rant about Instagram. There's a lot of fake followers on Instagram. <laughs> like there's like a rapper from San Diego with 50,000 followers who follows us. So I just messaged him and I was like, are you real? <laughs> are you real? Do you have some sort of affiliation or fondness for rovers because like, I'm interested did you reply if, if you, no not a chance <laughs> but I reckon I don't know I don't know how these randomers followers Russian spam bots everything it's it's very very uh, false on, on Instagram but yeah. Twitter's can like the reality the campaign to def- a certain extent the campaign definitely worked oh yeah we got it over the hashtag line hashtag 1000 for 100 yeah. we got it I think we're up to 1025 now so we, we're went through the roof yeah like it um, like I went into that thinking I we probably won't get to a thousand I didn't by, think by the hundred episode. We ended up getting on the day of the Apollo first leg, and then we had one thousand thirteen by the end of the game, and now we have one thousand twenty seven. So. By the time I had told you we had a thousand, yeah. Ten minutes later, we had over like another thirteen followers. Like we had know, a lot. Yeah. With, with everyone was trying to be the thousand. I had to keep a close eye on it to see who was going to be the hundred the thousand follower and of course we had Bill Gleeson with his shenanigans yeah, he's unfollowing awesome. us and following us oh did he is that no, what he nice, did nice try Bill typical huh typical yeah. Glenn Dunn and Paul Weaver actually apologised me for his behaviour they should they, they should so there should be some sort of suspension yeah. so therefore they have condemned their fellow junior hoop and mm. uh, there should be some sort of suspension coming in I'm taking five games maybe <laughs> Bill I accept your apology on their behalf <laughs> but our actual 1000 father was Charlie Stone 
So there you go. So thank you, Charlie Stone. Uh, second generation hoop, as far as I know, possibly toured. So um, yeah, on to big things now. More big things. Our 100 episodes taking place this Sunday. The Four Provinces Pub in Kimage. I don't think it's Kimage. It's Crumlin Puff. It is. You live in Crumlin. You can throw rocks at it and spit at it from your house. Is there a border there? I'd probably call it Crumlin. Ravensdale, is that the start of Kimmage? Therefore, is the KCR in Kimmage? It's so close to Kimmage Road, though. It's very tight. I reckon, is the border at the Drakes or at the Poddle? <laughs> We're going to have to get an a independent commission in here, or a committee in here to, to suss it out. But check it out. The Four Provinces of Pokemon Kimmage. Guest star in Pat Flynn, Graham Merrill from What's the Story podcast and many more. It's open to all Rovers fans from 5pm if you want to take part in the last bit of show. But if you want to hear the full thing, it'll be up on SoundCloud on Tuesday morning. So we have big, big, big plans for this one. Uh, there's going to be a bit of a diddly eye session on after it. There's a band on after it. They're putting on a few tunes. Um, so <clears throat> there's a fiver at the door. But that'll get you a point as well. Lovely point to paddle. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're, we really can't wait for this one. So it's going to be upstairs in the Four Provinces Pub in Kimmage. Google it, you will find it. It's at the dirty end of Captain's Road, as they say. And uh, it used to be the Black Horse, if uh, you remember it well. And I think... The old blacker. The old blacker, yeah. Many of many underage points. So, uh, yeah, check it out. And it's going to be huge. So we want everybody to come down. We're going to celebration of Tifties and celebration of points. And just a bit of crack in general. And we're getting a bit of diddly eye down. If you play an instrument, bring it down. You play the old fiddle or the banjo, bring it down. Prof might even break out the old rhythm guitar and uh, get out the drum machine. We <laughs> go old school. But yeah, come on down uh, this Sunday at uh, five. So uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing everybody there. So uh, yeah, we're going to play a lot of uh, old podcast clips today. Are we going to play our first episode? <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Tales from the East End. <laughs> But um, yeah, we're basically going to become one of those old sitcoms now where we just we become a clip show. But uh, Connor Cairns mentioned the quizzes. That was his favourite. Uh, I didn't have time to dig through all those. But off the top of my head, the highlights would be... Doing it. Oh, I played that one actually. Doing it, yeah. A couple of weeks that ago. was really... I was, I was cracking yeah. up listening to that again. Yeah. The atmosphere was buzzing in the place. But man. in terms of stupidity, the highlights is... Oh, there's a few. I asked Mikey Drennan. Can or, we can we Drennan, can we highlight uh, who the actual possible smart ones were? Because that'll whittle it down. Totally. We won't have to sift through all the fucking idiots. Only <laughs> can you think of any? Joey and Davy Mac, I think there it is. Lukey. Lukey, yeah. Yeah. But uh sorry, uh, Mikey O'Connor. I asked him Oh man. What two countries did Czechoslovakia split into? And he didn't even make an attempt. Didn't even know one of them. Not even one. He said he said something. He said something totally different, didn't he? <laughs> I, I, I think he did. He I think. don't think he had any response. That's more of recall. Uh, of course, the famous one was Trevor Clark. We asked him to name three counties in Munster. He suggested Derry. That one crept up again there, isn't he? I love your dismissive. No. <laughs> that was great. Dan Kerr, how many degrees in the circle? He said one. Yeah. Unlucky Dan. And uh, another good one was uh, I asked Brandon Mealy, uh, which... which which chess piece can only move diagonally? And Brando thought he had the answer and he went, Oh, 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 oh the horse thing. <laughs> Ding! Well done, Brando, two points. Oh, God. But, um, oh, by the way, Packham Martin, I always thought we should get that on a t shirt. That, that horse that, thing. That horse thing. So, D A T. Yeah. That. Exactly, yeah. So. 
So Conor Kearns, he also nominated Conor's Corner. Uh, he said he loved that. This is probably yeah. the the most I've ever LOL'd. Like, <laughs> really LOL'd. Yeah. In recording. It's, it's the two brilliant. of us were in bits. I think, I think it's back. Yeah. So uh, we're going to play a couple of those. <laughs> and since we're on the topic of Paggio, do you remember when he ranked League of Ireland managers in order of who, <laughs> who could a, scrap? Who would win a fight? Yeah. That was amazing. So we're going to play those two old clips now. We DJ Dan and Fielder. They were, they were there before they head off to Australia. Uh, Fielder is... Oh, jeez, I'm not sure what part they're going to, but his do is this coming Friday, I think. So, oh, welcome. It's a... Mm. Uh, I don't know where it is, to be honest. Some poo- some booze are in town, but mm. Fielder goes down under anyway. And DJ Dan, of course, is already over there. And he'd be spinning the decks. Everyone made it to the show on time, except for Connor Foley. Of course, he got lost The somehow. clocks went back an hour. And he was still an hour late. This guy is, is he's hilarious. He's a good kid. I've good news, Gar. Go on. It's we back. have his history segment coming back. It's back, Gar. It's Connor's Corner. Connor's Corner. Right. <laughs> Go on. I, I know the one you're on about. I know which message you went on about. The last one was brilliant. This, I think this might <laughs> this, top it. This is going to top it. So this is a message that was sent in the WhatsApp group. Yes. So. Or in the early hours of the morning and the weekend. So Connor says, Tin... Is an absolutely kip. <laughs> Didn't get in to about five place. Needed up in Diva. Was talking to Jill. Once to join the mighty Hood <laughs> on lawn in February. There, T H E R E, looking to send him out. Jan, anyway. So why not take a Achebe. Think of what? What? Achebe. Achebe. Spell it. A C H. I don't know. A C H E B E. I'm good. You know, I'll, I'll gladly buy the cans for him to drink and get pissed. And just send those messages so we can read them out. Oh, oh, so that was Connor's Corner. Brilliant. And um, same old faces at Celebridge and Rosestone. Uh, Pat Tuggy without his man- mannequin. Yeah. Thankfully. Manny was Manny was feeling mm. well. Left at home. Well, he has told me that he's um, he, he starting a satanic church in City West. And he's he's put a curse on balls. There's so they, they won't beat us this season. Free membership for Rovers fans. Yeah. And we're going to get to the final of the FBI Cup. So if that works, listen, I'm on board. <laughs> uh, Connor Foley there as well. Which brings us to, Gary, the latest installment of Connor's Corner. Which is uh, which is going to be fantastic stuff. It's it's a favourite segment of mine. And uh, So you, remember, you may remember this. Um, Connor Foley, young Connor Foley, sends completely ineligible messages in our whatsapp group usually in the early hours of a sunday morning and jason maloney has become an expert in translating these because <laughs> the one day he wrote the following he said reverie clares in diane and then maloney quoted this in the group and he was like let me guess trevor clark's in diva 
And we were all blown away by this. It was like, wow, you can crack codes, man. That was amazing. Uh, so there's been a few more, a few more nuggets since then. So okay, so first installment on Connor's Corner. It's just me saying I'm dandy. Wubbled. No Connor's Corner. Tonight ended up sit a race after Diva Kippa. The race was made as the Aussie. Nate would say out there Bicky can't even spell f- Fimmy Bim Minden New Year's Vibe Pat <laughs> that's old ye bales egg could and then after the braid defeat wasn't Foos take a talking backwards uh, he wrote this after he got into a bit of a scuffle he said, Duck dive. I vent see out my leg, gut see. He later added, Suit her see the other fries. <laughs> and then, At 4 am on New Year's, he had written, Hello, with, with an apostrophe before the two L's. <laughs> I'll John talk him tune Glen. He once sets to use to axe ye bars of the boys to Sehejeb him his one million and six percents Sekubjes. Okay, so that, that's uh, Connor's, Connor's Corner this week. Um, <coughs> it's, uh, it's, it's tough enough <laughs> to decide what, what he actually says, but it gives us a, it gives us a laugh. Uh, so we've been able to decipher this one this season, so we just got it back from, from NASA. <laughs> he says, hello, I'm just talking to Glenn. He wants one of you to ask the board of the hoops to sign him. He's 100% serious. Ah, so there, there you go. That's what he said. So we're gonna go with a, a bit of a funny question now. So who's matter, you or Bocker? And if you want to elaborate on it for the fight to the death, because I asked Bocker who'd win the fight to the death, you or uh, or himself, he said you would. I, I would win a fight to the death. <laughs> Fists, <laughs> guns, with anything that's available. Uh, Bocker definitely win with anything else that's available. <laughs> um, it's. On the pitch, I'd say why does matter? Just wild, there's no control on me. I'd probably agree with that. Uh, I think in the dressing room and in everyday life, Bucker is matter. <laughs> but, um, well, on that note, speaking of fights, I saw a tweet the other day ranking the 20 Premier League managers by who would be best in a fight. So, Padjo... We gave you the list of 12 Premier, Div- Premier Division managers in Ireland earlier, and you've ranked them. So let's mm. start at number 12 and work our way up. Um, number 12, we're left to Liam Buckley. <laughs> you know, Liam I agree Buckley. with that. I agree with that. He, he looks like he couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag. He's a bit frail, isn't he? Not well, it's 12 and 
uh, Harry Kenny, I think they'd talked themselves out of trouble. <laughs> I think they'd stop fights, which is really good. Because I'm, I'm not against violence. Except for on the position. So Kenny's 11, yeah. is he? Uh, Harry Kenny's 11, yeah. yeah. What do you want now, 10? Number 10, yeah. Uh, Stephen Kenny. Just, uh, I, don't I, wouldn't put, I wouldn't even put him on the list I'd just say listen you're, you're not used to all. You're I, not I, I think it's the physique that people might run away from but when you <laughs> talk them the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> right number 9 number 9 we have uh, Neil MacDonald from Limerick purely, don't know much about him purely because mm. I don't know much about him either so I just put him in at 9 it sounds from like the, from he's the new Newcastle maybe because he's friends with Sam yeah. Allardyce I don't, I don't, it sounds like he's a Scottish type name so <laughs> kind of don't mess with him yeah. go number 8 yeah. Kenny Shields Kenny Shields I'd have had him higher actually I would have had him higher but when I was doing the list I left him out so I just threw him in the next <laughs> time but I, I would have had him higher Kenny if I listened 7 Stephen yeah. Brady Brad's our number seven, yeah. middle of the road. Middle of the road. I, I think he's a lot to offer. He's like, <laughs> he might be able to try, try a few nice punches. He might be a bit fancy, but nothing, nothing special that I'm not going with. Jared Little, number six. Jared Little, number Never six. Never mess with an Nardi. Nardi, yeah. <laughs> That's a factor, isn't it? Uh, yeah, don't, you don't mess with him. No. Um, number five, I'd go with Shane Keegan. Oh, that's a surprise. I would have put. He's a bit of a seems, nice guy. Yeah, seems like a nice guy. Maybe they're the ones you look out for. I think he's a bit of a GA background, and I wouldn't trust a man who wears suits like that. Yeah. <laughs> Too baggy, baggy suits. <laughs> uh, number four, Pete Mann. He has that face. You wouldn't mess. He with. looks like he's been a uh, bare knuckle boxing around the block. years. Been around. He'd he'd kill you. Outside. Oldest man <laughs> in the league, though. Uh, Keith Long. Uh, just, it'd be nice to see balls in the top three again so just <laughs> there for some reason it's uh, the I, only way they're going to get in the top I, three he's from my way uh, he's a Joey's man as well so uh, he's a bit he, nice physique and a nice tan beautiful <laughs> eyes <laughs> uh, number two is John Caulfield John yeah. Caulfield I'm going to end the ring with John just, Caulfield no problem I think he's a troublemaker more yeah. than a fighter he might be one of the lads that kick you and run away he'd yeah. fight dirty wouldn't he yeah fight dirty and uh, number yeah. one no messing Ollie Horgan. Ollie Horgan. What? You know what? I reckon Ollie Horgan could kill you with one strike. He's that type of guy. He's so dismissive of his own team's performances <laughs> and they seem to accept it. That's why. So they know he can kill us was with him, one strike. Was him yeah. at, at Finn Harps at one stage and who's the other fella used to manage him? Is he their sister now, maybe? Hegarty? Hegarty. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He's yeah. a madman. Madman. He'd be number one now if he was there. Yeah, Ollie Horgan, everyone's favorite Glenn Rowe character. Yes, yeah. So, yeah he, like I said, I always say it's like something I was spitting image. <laughs> they had them, but from the first division, obviously we don't know everyone in the first division. But there's a few ones there. There's Owen Heary, Pat Devlin, Roddy Collins. How would they fare? In Where your, would Roddy be in your top three we, or five? I was actually down at Waterford last year. I was at Longford, and uh, we had a fella just come back from England, and we only it was only a friendly. And Roddy called, he says, you're a fucking English reject you are, that's all you are. And I, I'd just been taken off, or I was coming back from England, I says, I says, leave him, I says, he's only a young lad coming back from England, it's better. He goes, who the fuck, I says, who the fuck are you, I'll bite your nose off. <laughs> and next thing, there's about ten people in between me and Roddy, and there's me pretending to be tough, and this <laughs> big fucking hand trying to grab over him. Roddy was trying Roddy. to get you? And I was there trying to hide him and all, but... Uh, We'd have had your back, Tears in the East, yeah. I would have had your back there. <laughs> We'd have jumped in. But I'd say, I'd say Roddy would be up there now. Um, who else is... Devlin and Owen Heary. 
Uh, I think Devlin bash on Hardy. <laughs> yeah, on Hardy had the stamina. But well, Devlin <laughs> would say a couple of punches. He's wide, isn't he? Uh, he he's just he, he's that Pete Man thing about him as well. Yeah, yeah. Old school, his own bare knuckles. Bare knuckles boxing. <laughs> so good, old Connor. Um, currently nursing an injury, another one. Have you seen the fucking thing on his shoulder? What the hell is that? I don't know. To me, it looks like he fell face force with his arms down by his side, similar to how a bobsled would go down its course. So his head would be the tip of the bobsled, and he kind of just skidded. That's what it looks like. <laughs> his his shoulder is totally shredded. It's infected. The boy Connor is Foley. a legend. Connor Foley, you can ladies and gentlemen. You, you wouldn't think possible. Oh, I don't know how he did it but he's a great lad and uh, hopefully we'll have more Connor. well actually I don't think I want any more Connor's Connor. <laughs> I had an idea the result in him being injured didn't I've it? compiled a few of them now you know the, the couple from the other night you know the one I'm talking about yeah they're going in there how about we get Pat Flynn and Merrow to read someone about oh I think so why not that could be good yeah <laughs> yeah someone who's never ever seen them before on paper yeah. um so we uh, wanted to give a, uh, a mention to a couple of people who have sadly passed away in recent weeks. Rona Morphy, Con Morphy's sister, Con actually did commentary for the Dundalk game shortly afterwards and was as professional as ever. And Joe McLean, Jason McLean's brother, so may he rest in peace. He was a regular Rovers for the period in the late 90s and early 2000s with his mate Chef. So um, our condolences to family and friends. And uh, yeah, sorry to hear about your, your passing, guys. Um so we'll move on to the game. We beat Apollon Limassol 2-1 in the first leg in Tala. Uh, show game, Prof. Didn't even watch it, you know? Yeah. Too busy having dinner <laughs> in the Black Sea. Likely story. Oh, God. Can't believe it. Really can't believe it. This is the the birth of the weasel, you could say. Wasn't it? No, the, the Bram. Bram was the birth of the weasel, wasn't it? He's been doing the weasel for a little while. The, the, away yeah, Bram, Bram. Bram was the birth of the weasel at home, wasn't it? There's a picture of him doing it in the away leg too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't not when he scored. That, yeah, when he scored. Yeah. But that's the the birth of him doing it in front of the south stand. That oh, iconic yeah, yeah. image of him him doing it. But Up the, there with a the duff bell. Yeah, Oriental oh, bell. Now, definitely, definitely. But a uh, fantastic game. And well, I tell you what, some some goal they scored. How uh, it was a cracker. It's outrageous. Jesus, what a strike! Second I saw, I just thought Alan Manis has been buried. So many times from crackers this season. The slow go away. Yeah. There was, I think, it was Jack Keeney and two Fordyce, two absolute yeah. belters. And uh, what else has there been? Andreo for balls. He's been absolutely buried a couple of times, and there's nothing you can do about him. Bernie actually questioned it though. Did you hear that? I did. I noticed that. And what does he think he can do a little bit more? Like Bernie, you jump in there and you jump in nets there and see what happens. I think it's fair to say that thirty-seven-year-old Al isn't as agile as he was. True, but, but if you look at the. The, the way those balls were struck and the where they ended up in the net, I think they were all unstoppable. Oh, unstoppable crackers! So I I think that's very harsh from Barney. Me and Barney, I'm gonna have to call Barney out now. Yeah. We're, we're, we have a little bit of a, a boxing event planned, so I might have to fix it. Gonna head get over me, to get, me, get myself in there into Donabash, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll do the squared circle. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, the lineup. Prof Dan Carr started up front. Were you surprised? I was a little bit, yeah. But I suppose it was on the back of his good performance against Brand. He made a big impact off the bench, so he probably he, he probably earned his spot at that point. Yeah, possibly you could say that. Um, coming in for a bit of flack lately off Rovers fans. Yeah, we mentioned that later on in the McDerry interview. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll leave that for the time being. Um, I'll have to make a say a fifty-five seconds in. 
clawing away an overhead attempt. And uh, five minutes in, I'm Papoulis. Like we talked about, absolute screamer. Yeah, he chested it and caught it on the half. Body. I didn't expect him to strike it. He it, it came out of nowhere. It was total random and it was an absolute cracker. Don't stop those. We had the view obviously from the sales stand and it was great from there. But actually watching the replay back from behind is even better. It's just it's a mad strike. Yeah, great, great strike. Yeah. Foot right through the ball, knee over. Some people are probably fearing the worst at this stage. Because it's five minutes in against what we thought was far superior opposition. We were thought, thinking. I thought this myself. Will this end two or three nil? Yeah, I thought this. I thought that we're probably they could they could start to show their class, and then Lee Grace. But we did. Up. But even before Grace, though, we had a good reaction straight away, which was important. Like we we forced a few quick fire corners. Like we didn't just, you know, lay down. We got straight back into. It. But that's the thing about Bradley. I think he has totally instilled this mentality within the team where they believe they can win any game because they have the ability. They do, and he has finally. I think who's the, any players in that team that he hasn't signed? Possibly one or two left. Trevor Clark and Sean Boyd are the only players left from his first season, so he didn't sign either of those. So if you, so Trevor Clark so is Clark gone. Is and Sean gone. Boyd is pretty much gone. So you're looking mm-hmm. at this now. I don't think Sean Boyd's contract will be renewed. So this is pretty much. Brad's team mentality way of football and life and they are buying into it and I can't see us having many comes and goings next season I mean we've we did some great business in the most recent transfer window we had Sean Boyd out Joel out and Bone out and we got in Ferrugia you can count Bork into that if you want we got in O'Neill we got in some very very good players and got rid of some dead one it's starting to take shape fair enough you could say after four years but it's 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 rumbling on now, as as I'd say. But could definitely do another covering centre back because every time I hear Joey O'Brien has a knock or a doubt, yeah, I, I start to have nightmares. But then again, I mean, Callan has extremely highly rated from his time at Wexford, and we can't really judge him. We haven't really seen him. Some other buffs, uh, some other underage buffs like Dunster could. Um, they could let us know what Callan is like well, if you had a lift out to Colester you could have watched it there. <laughs> he played in that I was in the bookies um, yeah so uh, we move on to the Grace goal and absolutely cracking header and something that we spoke about before about not being good at Seppies and not attacking them and how many do we score in the space of a couple of weeks so we'd uh, Lee Grace absolutely attacking that corner in yeah. from Jacko Jacko 6 assists in the Europa League Adding on a nice quarter of a million to his price tag, I think. <laughs> and um, the little the, the the run has now become... The yeah. shuffle has become iconic as well now. So, Everyone's so. copying, everyone sending their videos. Yeah, Kids doing it in their backyard and then burying free kicks. His delivery is absolutely stunning. And there's not too much pace on it either. It's just perfectly... The, the height is perfect, but you think it's going to drop into an area where... The defender is comfortably going to have it. Just kind of soars without pace. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And then it drops right in, and the danger area is his delivery is. I've never seen anything like. If you watch most Premier League games or most international games, half the time the delivery, you get you get a disappointing one. Doesn't get, beat the first doesn't man. Doesn't beat the first man. Yeah. It's not into a good area for anyone. Not a good height for anyone. Every single ball in is the right height. It's brilliant. It's just asking to be to be attacked. It's it's a fantastic asset to have within the team. 
Um, the greatest one anyway. it came in off the inside of the post. Claiming it, yeah. Car- car- he made, claiming he made everything. the insurance contact, but it looked like it had crossed the line. Yeah, I think it was going into the. Whereas, if it had it went all the way across, it might it wouldn't have hit the post. It would have hit the inside and the net. Yeah, that type of thing. He did the exact same thing against UCD for the McIniff header, but that one hadn't crossed the line. Yeah, but he was right to do it. Yeah, imagine he didn't do it. Imagine he just left it. He's right mm. all day. All day to do it. You have to uh, follow those ends. What Stryker does. But they were peppering our goal for the rest of this half. Uh, Pedro's had a vicious shot that uh, Al tipped over. And then he made another save shortly after that. So at that point, they were looking, it was looking ominous. Like they were looking like really good technical players. It was just about getting to half time. They were giving us the break. They were looking dangerous at every attack. But the uh, second half was a totally different story. Yeah, and then not too not too far in, we about 10, 12 minutes in, and we Pico. What the, the what what a head I love these glancers. <laughs> From right to left, into the left of the corner, the ball just curls yeah. around in a off deft the net. header. Deft header, absolutely perfect. And uh Lopez, who is racking up the goal bonuses at the moment. Probably the highest scoring defender in Europe at this stage. Pico is eating steak. So uh, uh Gray. Great scenes when we scored this goal. It's one of those random hugs galore. Sorry to make a jealous here. Can we just but, start doing uh, some odds as well on who would be the first one to fall over Prof Birch? <laughs> definitely, Aussie Nate is up there. I think Carl Kearns should be up there too. Carl Kearns is possibly up there, yeah. I think he's a couple of dark horses. Connor has to be, if he ever, he, he sometimes he kind of stands to the left, but Connor is Which Connor now? Because Connor Kearns is up there every game now. Yeah, well. no, Connor Foley definitely <laughs> the right Connor for that one. Yeah, because nobody's gone tumbling over yet. So, Bose, Bose next Bose game at home, we'll, we'll, we'll do, a, yeah. we'll do uh, some odds. No pitch invasion this time. Yeah, we were. Uh, Finner's message was well received. Yeah, I like the way he was just sort of laughing to himself. Like, <laughs> He's like, maybe, I love may, this. Maybe try and contain it in the stands, though. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we had a, a bit of a tactic at halftime, Garrett. Go on. During the break, we only watered the half of the pitch that we were able to attack. Ooh, I like that. That's that's uh, Dundalk used to do that with us. Yeah. So they only watered so a bit of slickness in our in our half. I like that. Totally allowed as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, after Lopez scored that glancing beautiful header, we had Grace hitting the bar with a header from a free kick, and it hit the top right of the bar and, and, and bounced over. But it was keeper yeah. was dead and buried. I had no chance. Another foot under the bar that's in, and we're, we're sailing. So. Uh, we are very, very capable from set pieces now as it is. And we have a couple of goal-scoring defenders in our ranks, so it's fantastic to see now as well. Reminds me of old oh, Dan Murray and Sivas. Now, Sivas didn't actually score that often, but he was always in the round. And he made himself a bit of a nuisance on that back post. So uh, it's, it's good to see us being a threat, finally. And we had Green round the keeper as well. What do you think he could have done better here? Well, in fairness, it was a really awkward angle. Mm. So very few players would have scored. From that angle. But he had what I don't understand is... He had loads of time, didn't he? Why did he snatch at the ball? Why He had loads of time. He had so much space. Another three seconds at least. Another three touches. Think about three touches in football. One, two, three. He had that. He should have either moved inwards closer to the goal or away for support. I don't understand his rushing into things mm. at times. Just, I think he just lose. Like he sees, maybe, maybe him not scoring many goals this season... Was was in the back of his head and has been in the back of his head, mm. and he's thinking all the chances he's missed. He sees an open goal, blows his beans, thinks oh, I have to, I have to, I have to take this chance. You know that is definitely weighing on his mind. 
Well, after his goal in the away leg, he's up to eight, so he joined top with McAniff. Yeah, joined top scorer with McAniff. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, reduced to ten men, Prof. Sacchetti with a straight red. Uh, nasty tackle. Red all day, yeah. Dirty team, weren't they? Yeah. Love, love the nail kick. Um, they're, they're number 20, by the way. Uh, Giannotis. He was an utter bollocks. Yeah, he was. Over the two legs. He was He was good, though. His antics. He was a good player. His fucking antics. <laughs> <laughs> but if it was us, we'd love him. So you can, even, you can, even Jack Byrne had a go at him for his little... Uh, Miraculous recovery routine over by the corner of like oh yeah when the the ball came back into his possession yeah. and he was down yeah we've seen that a few times there was a great moment actually when McIniff was taken off just after this red card so this was with five minutes to go and you know the way because of the new rules you have to leave the the area yeah, closest to the you field yeah. of play I, I agree at with your that nearest opportunity so Aaron walked behind the goal at the south stand. So he walked Rapturous. all across the goal line to the tune of his song. Oh man! At like maximum volume. Imagine how that felt. Unbelievable. That must have felt Unbelievable. amazing. No wonder he's taken to us so much. So another couple of rules. Other rules that are coming in as well now. Probably you can pass it within your box to your to your defender. Um, you used to have to outside the box to receive a goal kick. A pass that's that's getting scrapped. So you can now defender can now receive a pass inside the box. And proceed from there. You cannot have your own player. So let's say Jacko's winding up for a free kick. There's four men in the wall. Pico jumps in to try and bust them out of the way. Can't do that anymore. Couple of new rules coming in. Mm. Um, I, I had a read the new one with the where you have to exit at the closest uh, closest touchline. That's another one. Couple, couple of them just kind of tidying up the rules. It seems. Yeah, there was actually a weird delayed reaction to this full time whistle. You can kind of tell from. If you're watching the highlights, the West End seemed to be well aware. But if you notice, like, about 15 seconds after the ref blows the whistle, then you hear big cheers. It's because we weren't sure had he blown the whistle. Because it was early. It was such a non-reaction. No, it was early. On, um, I think he blew it about 20 seconds early. Was that it? I'm nearly sure. There was at least one game that was 20 seconds yeah. blown. It was that. It was blown up early. If you yeah. just watched it when he blows, like, there's no hugs or handshakes. Everyone just started walking around casually for 10 seconds. Mm. Yeah, no, it definitely was done 20 seconds earlier. Yeah. Strange one, wasn't it? I know it's only the first leg, so you're not expecting wild scenes. Still, look we say, we, we always say on the show, football's a, fleeting. It was a major win. you got to celebrate these. Yeah. Be in the moment. So, um, yeah, Jacko, working his magic again. He's just so hard to get the ball off, isn't he? This was another masterclass. Unbelievable. What like, a player. The levels he's reaching against quality European opposition. To quote Carl Kearns, a farce of a footballer. <laughs> Six assists and a goal in the Europa League. Like just, just give us the opportunity to see him and Bork together in the same team and do something. Like this debate, you could go on about Bork being a, a number nine and is he a number nine? And a lot of his goals came from deep with Rovers. But I would love to see a team with like Ferruja, Bork, Bourne, like just a full strength team like that. That Bradza has a hold of playing the same football we're playing in Europe now in the league. Give us one season. Jacko. Talking this now. I think what? We got Thursday, the, the transfer window closes. Just say no. Stick around. Dublin's lovely. Dublin's lovely <laughs> nowadays. You don't want to go to England or Holland or anything like that. Stick around for another season. Check so, out an article actually on Sports Joe, if you haven't already. This was written by Conan Doherty. Uh-huh. And he describes what Jack is doing. 
far better than we ever could. Oh yeah. This was very ridiculous. Uh, it was a great read. Still, Gar, he's he's no Jamie McGrath. No, oh yeah. What what's the story with that? Why why even comment? Like why like that Twitter? Who was his name on Twitter? Kevin McLaughlin. Kevin McLaughlin. He's a dark journalist. Like seriously, don't. Fair enough. Have an argument, decent argument, but do not make yourself look like an absolute clown with an inferior football uh, opinion like that. That's that's just crazy. Listen, we all. Because we only have like a an hour highlights package to judge League of Ireland players, oftentimes we only see opposition players four times a season. So sometimes we're all we're all guilty of a bit of bias. judging a player. But when it comes to like Jack Byrne, who's like been man the match in like all these European games, to actually put out a tweet and say, Well I've only seen him three times against us, but what's the deal? What's the hype about? <laughs> Q Maloney saying I never rated him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like you well, just you gotta see him consistently to see what type of player he is. Like, do you know what I love most about him? I love his passes that just pierce the soul of defenders. They <laughs> he just has the ability to swipe and cut open, slice open defenses, and it's a thing of beauty because the weight is always perfect. <laughs> And it's just a joy to run onto, I'd say, as a winger or a wide player. Absolutely, the passing is amazing. But at the moment, my guilty pleasure is his, his dribbling. Yeah, just watching him hold onto the ball, his retention. Yeah. His retention is just outrageous. Could you imagine him on a five-a-side? Or in Tifty's five-a-side? <laughs> there, was, there was one moment in the dying stages where he just rang, ran rings around him near the touchline. Little stroke at the top of the boot, wasn't it? Someone got a great video from the West End. It'd just be great to watch in a loop. He's just like put the Benny Hill music. Yeah. Top just, it was just, the top of his boot as well. That you just can't get, get. Just can't get near him. No. Can't nip the ball off him. It's gonna, he's one of those players that a, a couple of centre midfielders would just like the boot. Did you hear what Mick McCarthy said? What the, what the senator? No, no, the fake Mick McCarthy. The fake Mick McCarthy. He said that. <laughs> he said that in order to play for him for Ireland, he's got to be playing up behind the centre forwards every week. He said if he's taking the ball off the two centre halves. He's no chance of playing for me. Right, so he wants his DMC, as you could say, his defensive midfielder, his central defensive midfielder to do that and then give Jack the ball mm. up top. Well, didn't he contradict himself in the same article? It was it was strangely worded. Yeah. I don't think he contradicted himself. I, I got what he um, said. I don't know. I don't think you could exclude him. How could he come out with a negative comment like that after fantastic performances in Europe by Jack? He didn't. I don't think he saw either of those two. I think he, just, he said he hadn't watched. Oh, typical, isn't it? Um, yeah, uh, incredible result, Prof, and a five and a half thousand bumper crowd. Good to see the East Stand open again. People piling into it. Some great videos from their direction with the Aaron McAnef song and a few other ones. So uh, yeah, loving the the vibe around. And this is when we dig deep into the roots of Tala and we get into the community. This is when we need to build on it. Just on the result itself. Going in, we were talking about just staying in the tie, going over to Cyprus. And even at the back of your head, you were thinking, well, if we do get beaten, hopefully it's only 1 0. Yeah. So to actually come out with a win, there, that there first was leg, still a little bit like there's always an inkling of hope in, in my mind, anyway. There's always, I mean, hmm. you just have to think back and think of Belgrade and, and, and crazy results that we've had throughout the years. 
there's always a possibility because football is a crazy game, it's 90 minutes of madness. You can always pull off a result no matter what. And that's always in the back of my head. And in particular with this team as well, I think this team's capable of anything. And uh, now that we've got Borky on board, like I said, just give us one season with this team all fit and playing together. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can we can we can break this Dundalk course, you know. But well, if anything there was a tinge of regret afterwards because of those missed chances at the end. I know. Just like two one almost flattered them. It was heartbreaking really. But um yeah, we'd actually just a quick stat. We'd now come from behind to win twice in the space of two weeks, which was as many times as we had three years in the previous three seasons combined. <laughs> I remember this. I remember giving out about this stuff, thinking it was terrible. We'd no guts and all this, and now we're coming back from European yeah. pedigree team. So, but the attendance, as you said, officially announces five thousand five hundred. Again, I don't know where you fit in two and a half thousand there into that stadium because the East End was quite full with air fans, and it's it's mad to hear things before the game like. You were getting updates of the tickets, and it was like, "Oh, there's only a few hundred South Stand tickets." And yeah, you're like, yeah. "What?" So lo- looking at that, like, I mean, you got people walking through the front door there as well. You've got people going in with freebies might not be accounted for. There's there's a couple of factors you you can you can put in there, but like you said, fantastic attendance, and I genuinely think it was about six. Um, yeah, not another special European night in Tata. We're we're getting used to them now at this stage, six. and. In terms of like the attitude of the crowd, more importantly, I would say, compare the attitude to when we were behind in this game as to when we went behind against the likes of Odds BK and Rovaniemi in, in earlier years, or even Boleslav, where they all beat us and the crowd was a bit deflated after they took the lead. Uh. If you look at this game, we were singing five seconds after that ball hit the I back of the net. Yeah, I know it was on the stream, all right. So I thought that was important. Yeah, had had everything there. Had the atmosphere, had the build-up. The bar is always as great. The only problem is that Ray just doesn't put any paprika on the chicken. Yeah, I know. Was it was it was it too much or was it not enough? Apparently none at all. Yeah. Well, this and this is a uh, it's not acceptable, and Rovers fans deserve better. So we will be actively pursuing this with a third party. And Ray, you're gonna hear from her. You're gonna hear from her sister, pal. Not good enough. Royals fans deserve better, Ray. I mean, all those years in Germany. Just, <laughs> what, what, what were you doing over there? Too busy on the schnitzel. So, I, I, I just don't agree with it. Um, Ray, like I said, it's a, we deserve better. And, uh, yeah, so, the Jack Bourne song, Prof. I, had only, I only heard this on um, the Busta Cork. Or Tifty's Busta Cork. Yeah. And it's a cracker. Yeah, so well done to Ben. Clearly. And uh, it was a cracker, Rob. Let's be honest. I only heard it on the, like I said, on the bus to Cork, and loved it. Absolutely loved it. So. Yeah, it's brilliant. And uh, that's the lad Ben Cleary. He couldn't get into the robbers trap for ages. He had to vouch for him, didn't we? Ray Wilson then was telling us about this how he couldn't get in. It was like, it was like, yeah, he's my nephew. Yeah, <laughs> let the fucker in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it got credit to Tommy Kelly. He, he was really leading the charge in that song. Ah, it's. It, and it's it's not fast paced but it just goes down a tree it really does and but uh, that was perfect about time we got one as well so Prof give us the stats yeah a couple of stats uh, it's only the second time ever 
that we won the first leg in Europe and still went out. Ooh. That other occasion was we beat Schalke 2-1 at home in the 1969. Oh, 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 I got it. I knew it. Well, well getting very statty yourself. Yeah. Doing me homework two weeks off. And then we lost 3-0 in Germany in the second leg. Uh, like, we always felt they'd be a lot better in the second leg. And they were. Yeah. But they didn't impress at all, especially in that second half. Like, I thought, as I said, towards the end of the first half, they were looking good. But they really wilted in that second half. Yeah. So that's what that's what gave you hope. But as back in mind, you were thinking, they're going to show their hand over in Cyprus. And they did. But they did. They came out for it, didn't they? Yeah. We're still leading the way in Europe in a lot of ways. 28 European appearances. It's a record. 81 games. Uh, at this point, after the first leg. Brad's in a fantastic record in Europe. Yeah. That was our 18th win. Like, the, for example, the next highest win is Dundalk and Cork on 14. So we're well ahead there. Yeah, you mentioned Brad's. He, he equaled John Giles' record of four European wins. And the most ties won are still held by Michael O'Neill. He won three. And that was Ronan Finn's 38th European game in his career. So he overtook Dan Murray and Owen Heary. So now he's only third in the all-time charts behind Ollie Cattle on 41. And Gary Rogers is now 43. I think maybe he's 44 after tonight's game. I'm counting. So Finner's third. So Finner is third on the list. So that's the stats for the prof. But uh, we're going to move on to a couple more best podcast moments. Now we've got Ray's addition to the list of hatred. Quite an emotional one. And we've talked about Khenshinsky. Uh, Luke Bourne and James Dillon have given us their best accents and this is something that we have to do again because it was brilliant <laughs> James Dillon it was terrible it was just all the same just his own voice just him and his own voice but we have to do it again like, we get some Jamaicans and Russians in there we, we definitely something we could do yeah. again so uh, here's the lads so uh, as you mentioned again next we have uh, we're going to ask Ray who we'd like to add to the list of hatred. The list of hatred. So, so far we have three <laughs> footballers, two mutants, and a pub on our list of hatred so far. And you're not allowed to put me on it, right? Because Jason Maloney already tried that. Threatened us with a solicitor. Can't put me on the list of hatred. <laughs> he threatened us with slander. No, look, for me it has to be uh, uh, the Thomas Davis crew, um, you know, putting us through what they put us through uh, on an absolute sort of furphy of a claim. Um, they had us in court for I don't know how many years it was, uh, cost us a fortune as well, uh, and stopped my dad Jack from actually getting to tell us. So Jack died in uh, January 2009, and it wasn't two months later we were in the ground, but he missed getting there, you know. So um, I'd have to say Thomas Davis. Yeah, well, Thomas Davis, you are officially on the list of hatred. <laughs> And rightly so as well. I mean, those emails that were leaked and and those things like that. I mean, that they they literally tried to kill Shamrock Rovers. I mean, I, I drove by the place yesterday, and I mean, they, they, there's just money coming out of the place. They've got a brand new extension and things like that. We are not Gaia fans here. Let's be honest. And and Ray, it, it resonated with me earlier. Ray told me a couple of stories about how they acted and towards Rovers and things like that. And it, it genuinely does. It, it, it fills you full of hate towards them. So the list of hatred is uh, is definitely uh, the way forward for these guys. So um, 
Clean sweep for the challenge me next year for the we have to give him a pre- with the present give him the presentation now. So Lukey is officially the Tales from the East Stand winner. Tom, do you want to do the honors? Yes, I will here. I don't know about the, uh, the competitor, but congratulations again. Very proud. Well done, It was a pleasure. Well Thank done. you. Uh, it's a old thing, isn't it? Yeah. So take pride of place. Let's sit on the mantelpiece now. Well, I'll get some shock, I'll bring it home this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a football <laughs> show for, for knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Right, so that was the quiz finale, and Lukey is officially the champ after the controversial day in Kickstarter Fitness. We should have recorded it, though. It was great, Craig, wasn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so that's the quiz done with, and the trophy is... Uh, Firemaker. Right, so we have Tomer here now. Tomer's already made his entrance. Welcome to Johnny Blue's Bar, Tomer. Oh, thanks for having me. Excited. Yeah, so um, I hope you're good actors, lads. So next up, we're going to have your best impressions and accents. So, Tomer, uh, this might be a tough one for you. In a Dundalk accent, can can you say that? In a Dundalk accent. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll try to... Who's that? Mikey. Mikey has a Dundalk accent. Yeah, yeah. So, this one there. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why, why would uh, need your toilet? Just go where you're standing. <laughs> Is that a dollar? Oh, no, it's, I don't know. What the hell I'm not sure. Right, so doing it, you're gonna do your best Lukey Bourne accent, and, <laughs> and you're gonna say this. The views of them oils are gorgeous. It's a terrible attempt. That's shocking. That's your own voice. That was your own voice. It's just James doing it. My voice to my voice. Right, so Lukey, in your best doing a voice, you're going to say this. Well, your fireworks there, pal. 30 quid for a selection box. Screamers are a tenner. (laughs) (laughs) I got a screamer. Right, so Tomer, you're going to give us your best South African accent. Okay. Our former keeper, uh, Rayad Peter, say. So you're going to talk... Oh yeah. Uh, okay, hold on one second. Let me, let me get this. It was in the movie District Nine. Channel, yeah. Yeah. Cheeky bronze. Fucking bronze. We can scratch this. Yeah, of course. Whatever happened to Riyad Pietrese? He was rubbish. Right, so Diona, you're gonna give us your best Tomer impression. And I want some. I want some effort into it this time. Yeah. Don't be shy. And I'm super stoked to be here today, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right, so Lugie, bro. Up next for you is Cork. Okay. Pink right. Dave Barry. John Caulfield. I don't even know why we're attached by We should be our own country. Everything <laughs> <laughs> just goes Scottish. And Tom, this, is, this should be good. A strong Dublin accent. <clears throat> the head on your man over there. In bits he is. <laughs> and finally, uh, Luke, he gives a Canadian accent. All right. Not American. Vancouver. Yeah. Hey. Ah, oh, God. 
I tell you what, drank about 10 malls since Vancouver last night. <laughs> <laughs> Went a bit Australian. <laughs> Down under. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so some hilarious stuff. <laughs> Great crack. Uh, yeah, we were in tears laughing there. So, uh, yeah, the following Sunday we drew one all in Cork and we ran a bus. Uh, 50 strong on it, 50, 40 yard, 50 strong. Great bus, bit of crack. We were in the Abbo from um, early doors, really early one in yeah. the Abbo. Big shout out to Big Gar, looking after us as usual. And That was uh, our first domestic away game in Dublin in 10 weeks. Yeah, we had been talking about this when we knew, when we were looking at the fixture list and we were looking at it when we could run on a bus and we are thinking, there is no games. No games. Been crying out for an away day. Yeah, crying out for so we've got, um, we've still actually the the water for the way one has just been scheduled. It's some random Monday. It's on a Monday the nineteenth. So after Derry, the after Friday the seven, the sixteenth. It's just before the second round of the cup, assuming we get there. So keep your keep your schedules yeah. clear. We could very very possibly run the bus to Derry. We will finalise that in the next day or two, on the sixteenth. So it's a big one. And believe it or not, we got word today that Damo Dempsey. People say he's a balls cunt. I don't think he's that much of a balls cunt. He's a good musician. I like his stuff. The Church of Demo. Um, apparently he's doing a gig in Derry. So we could make a trip over. We could go up early and catch Demo doing a gig. Um, he's, he's. I think they associate him with balls because of where he's from. He's, he's a north sider. So I've never seen him in a jersey. I've never seen him in a game. I've never seen him associate himself with balls. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tag him with the balls. I've seen all sorts in balls jerseys. They just seem yeah. to send the jersey to people. That's like it. Yeah, Samuel Jackson and. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't flaunt it like fucking PJ, your man Gallagher. Mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's really hopped on the hipster yeah, gravy train, me, isn't he? He reminds me of like one of those American soccer fans. He's <laughs> like, "Come on, formation, get in the goal." You know, soccer ball. Like, no, he even knows what he's doing. Um. Yeah. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out or an ear out for our Boston Derry. We will announce it soon. Uh, they had the lineup for the Cork game Graham Cummins up front Aaron Green on the wing Sean Cavanagh not in the squad I think he took a knock and Coustrain started for them so there are obviously no restrictions including the loan swap with him and Cummins we talked about the bust down the Abbo the early ones great crack cans all sorts of crack Mario was his driver uh, Mario the war criminal probably has killed about 9 people <laughs> as he fled Montenegro <laughs> Yeah, we must have left our, our CD in the bus from last time because suddenly it was it was playing again. It was. It was the exact same tunes and they're all relevant, all rovers. So I went down a tree. Uh, two ladies on the podcast bus, car. It's a new record. A new record, prof. A new record. Um, an all-female. Who bets bus? What about that? Jeez. <laughs> Imagine. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, great crack. And uh, we had a new... Someone popped their... Their, their cherry on the away bus and it was TK's mate Willie Doyle so he uh, I think he, I think it's safe to say he enjoyed it prof and we hope to see him back yeah so because of his nickname we managed to get the perfect pairing of Bucket and Mop yeah uh, we fucking needed a Bucket and Mop on that <laughs> bus to be honest I think five minutes in and Deco spilled the can a full <laughs> can down the back and Bucket and Mop weren't even there to help I was saying to Deco actually that, that was my first bus trip with him because the only one he'd been on in like the last year was Sligo on the last day of the season. And that's the only one I wasn't on. Mayhem ensued, but it was a it was a good trip. So um Oh yeah, I got left behind. I'm yeah. talking to Mario, right? Stomach is still at me, I'm only back from Bulgaria. 
I think it was like it's, it's 10 hours back in Bulgaria and my stomach is at me because it's different cuisine and stuff like that so I'm saying to Mario Mario you have to stop it's not a one I gotta go it's a two and he's saying okay okay so we find this pub I run in kick the fucking door in <laughs> I'm letting rip and then I come out and he's gone I'd been talking to him for 10-15 minutes saying to him I need to go you hold on for me and he just left I don't think I was <laughs> off the bus how long was I off the bus and he'd gone I don't know. It was at the roads, and then the lads kept started saying to me like, "Gary's been left behind there." What is going so on? Me and Dick had to go up to the driver, like. So it was saved anyway. I came back, torn back for me, and uh, yeah. So the, the Gary P was saved. Faruja has his own song, Prof. I hadn't even played a game yet. I think it's just because it sounds handy enough. What's the yeah. heartbeat song? Heartbeat Same one we had for Tomer by Buddy Holly. Yeah, we yeah. we opened with that song once, and uh, Gary, so- this songwriting business can be difficult. As this gentleman found out. I want to tell you, I might as well do, about a weasel. Fucking. By the way, uh, Gary, Ross Dunn, uh, he was the one exception to the over 18s rule. The captain of the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Carl's himself the captain of the ship. He's he's an absolute weapon, he really is. He, He kept trying to start the McAniff song. About 18 times. And no one would go with him. <laughs> Poor old Ross. Good, good Rovers lad though. Great Rovers lad. Um, yeah, so the Turner Gates entrance. Um, what was... They had Rico out sprayed on it. It's a long time going now, isn't it? 15 years, is it? Must be there 15 years, yeah. Rico out. Who spotted that? Yeah, he left in 2007. <laughs> I can't remember who spotted it, but yeah, it was, it was gas when I saw it. Yeah, so we'll move on to the game. And... Uh, 1-0, 34 minutes. All sorts of fluting around going on on the edge of the box. Personally, I thought Greg should have just got rid of it. I mean, there's, there's a time to be nice and, and play nice football and there's a time to just get rid of the ball. Don't fuck about. Some say that it was a it was a, it was was a bad pass. He had a time to take a touch and get rid of it. It was, it was the most un-Joey O'Brien pass you'll ever yeah. see. He, time to, he, he just, just should have been cleared. It shouldn't have happened and it was a mistake. It was a loose one across the back four. True, you could say that. He did and put him into a bit of a situation. It was At the time, it looked like this happened. all happened in slow motion. Didn't he get one of those passes in Daily Mount as well and resulted in a panel? Yeah. So he's on, the, he's, on, he's on the back of a couple of bogey passes. At the time, this all happened in slow motion. I was like, how did he not just clear that? But yeah, then when I watched yeah. it back in Soccer Republic, it actually happened a lot faster than it I realised. He, he, he was closed down pretty quick. He did have a chance to clear it though, for yeah. Good finish by Daryl Connor. Yeah, side foot in the corner. Took it away. Yeah, so a uh, couple of chances. We it, it was like a training game. They, they, I've never seen a Cork team sit back as much and just kind of go into their shells. They they were yeah. really really poor, and it was an awful attempt to play football in your home ground. Fans didn't show up. Uh, attendance was poor. We showed up in our draws, but other than that, it was really it's kind of sad to see Cork like that again. Because they seem to be spoiling out of control now as regards to just their fan base and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, really, really uh, spineless performance from them. And we should have torn them to shreds, to be honest. We had so much of the ball. Our left side, if Cavo or Trev, I know Trev's gone, Cavo was injured, had been down that left-hand side. Because every time Boyle got a hold of it, he kind of cut in on his right. And then the, the kind of attack would be <clears throat> would, um, torn a little bit slow and... It just wasn't happening then. Imagine Cavo had been on the left getting those balls from Jack. Yeah. Ah, we'd been two or three up. 
You'd saw much of the ball in that second half. It was we totally dominated the game. So yeah, yeah it was frustrated. Uh, yeah, so we were shooting towards our end the second half, and Karen McAniff came on at half time. Joey O'Brien came out with a knock, and Ronan Finn went right back, and Ethan Boyle left back. Um, Green went up top and had two one on one saved by McNulty. One of them was really good. McNulty saved. He uh, yeah. he spread himself really well. Did the whole Schmeichel starfish thing. Um, yeah, we should have been we should have been home and away. Yeah, first one he he ran in towards him uh, diagonally. Second one was more of a close range one in the box. Mm. But uh, he missed five chances altogether in that game. Five chances. Somewhere in an alternate universe, Green <laughs> has converted <laughs> even a third of all these chances he's had and he's won the golden boot. The golden boot is sitting on the mantelpiece, you know, in backwards land. But, uh, yeah, 1-1 the goal, the equaliser came back in there, 59 minutes and a very slick and smooth finish. Mm. Take a touch on the edge of the box and just curls it home. Quite similar to their goal. A belter, you could Finish, say. yeah. And in Cork as well. Second goal in Cork. Yeah. Touch cross this season. Yeah, just inside the box. He curled it. But the rest Lovely of the half, goal. like we said, it was just a training game and them sitting back. They had a couple of, they had one or two chances towards the end. It was cleared off the line. Um, Man has made a save. Man has yeah. made a save. That was actually an essential save. That was a really good chance. Or they should have buried it. To be honest, should have been home and away. But we had all the possession, all the ball, and we just we couldn't do it. Did you watch back their penalty claim? Yeah, it was. I uh, thought we were quite lucky there. You could say that. I mean, it was it was a push to the side. Oh, I don't know. What to, I don't know. I can't tell because I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give a proper answer here. Um, yeah, man has saved the end. Frustrating evening, and the bus home was. Um, By the way, Gary, I blame the new pink jersey. Yeah, I blame Connor Foley as well. <laughs> Just blame him for random stuff. Yeah, then Doc had won at Pats the night before. Oh, I mean, so it was a late one as well, wasn't it? It was a chance to close the gap to five points. Although personally, I had conceded the title after we lost to them, so I didn't think this made all that big a difference. But a lot of people were clinging on to a bit of a hope and I think most people let it go after this game that we didn't get the three points yeah, here I think we're done and dusted now at this stage Jeremy mm. but there's a light that will never go out Prof a light that will never go out and the bus home got quite deep uh, alternate universes and global warming and prehistoric bones all sorts of conversations started creeping up it was quite it was, uh, it was quite the conversation be honest, that last hour, half hour I didn't enjoy it all. It was so claustrophobic back there. Oh man, everyone move. was just standing there. <laughs> I don't know how the wheels went scraping off the road <laughs> and sparks flying everywhere. It was just a skin club with a yeah, Keith, good crack. Keith Comerford has promised me some sort of stats trophy. Keith, yeah, Keith has to yeah. uh, has to come up the goods now. To be honest, if he said it, he has to come up the goods. Do you remember his passionate interview? Yeah, the last bus that, that I never recorded. Never recorded. <laughs> never saw the light of day. And he made me laugh at the end when the bus pulled up to uh, Diablo. He just he just stood up and said, "Right, that's me done on on buses from now on. Six hours of Connor Foley, <laughs> never again." <laughs> He's driving from now on. Thanks, because Connor. Of, because of Connor chasing away our customers. Uh, yeah, so great, uh, great bus all in all, and like I said, keep an ear out for our next one. Thirty and the sixteen, we will announce it soon. Um, yeah, our last patch of funniest moments in Tifty's history. Prof, what have we got? Well, we've got, firstly, a couple of songs. 
Uh, do you remember I made the Carl Paul Turner anthem? Yeah, that was a great tune, yeah. And remix. Yeah. And you might you may have forgotten this one, but very early on, maybe only like seventh or eighth episode ever of the show, I made a little remix of uh, Gavin Brennan. Yeah, I remember this. And the kids are all right. And so I had had quotes from him on News Talk mixed in with that song. So we play those two songs, but also play Andy Minor telling the story of Super Doc on the dance floor in Belgrade. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's a Brilliant. great one. And lastly, you've been saving this to last, Ozzy Nate. Fucking dicks on our heads. <laughs> this is brilliant. This just burst onto the scene and nobody expected it because I had no idea what he's talking about. Because <laughs> he was talking about a limo and then out of nowhere he's talking about dicks on his heads. I'm just there baffled looking around Johnny Blue thinking what is going on here <laughs> but uh, yeah so uh, that's we're going to roll them out and here's some funniest moments in Tifty's history Big riot here. Carl, get out of there, Carl Paul Turner. Carl, get out of there, Carl Paul Turner. Carl Paul Turner, Carl Paul Turner. Get out of there, Carl Paul Turner. Welcome to Thousand East Stand, episode 70, and it's me, Gary P. Uh, so I think, uh, I don't think we've any more today, that's all our news, so uh, don't forget, support the team, abuse the opposition, sing with the ultras, question every decision, and most importantly, keep on hooping folks. See ya. I don't mind the guys dancing with my girl, that's fine. He came to you one day and he, he just said, look, I'm going to give young lads a chance to travel. Yeah, but I know sometimes I... We're going to build something up there and we're bringing in young lads and what have you, you know. Better leave her behind when the kids are all right. But if they're banned off, we are. Kids are all right. Sometimes I feel like I gotta get her. So, favourite moments from the European run in 2011, is there anything that pops out from either anyone's minds here, from any nights out or any incidents or anything like that? Some great nights out. I would say so. <laughs> some great nights out. Um, I remember, like, there's some, some of the. Uh, there's one unbelievable, but actually, the, we were in a in Serbia. Right. <laughs> Partizan Belgrade's second leg, and we went out for a few points 
the night before the game, the staff did, not the lads. Right. The lads are on my bed. The staff went this right. We were down on these, I can't remember the name of the river. It's not the, uh, it's the sort of second river in Belgrade, but there's loads of these barges that go onto right. the river. Incredible places, like top notch. So we're in there, we're having a few drinks, and next of all, who do we look down and see, right, dancing his heart out, is the dock. Do you remember the doc? Super doc. Super doc. Super doc. He's still around. You haven't yeah. seen him in a while. Actually. Super doc is giving it loads, right? On the, the dance floor, these girls and everyone said that. So I whipped my phone out. Is there footage out. of this? There is somewhere in the world, right? Because Please I, bring it to I me. whipped my phone out and videoed the doc, right? Dancing, whatever. <laughs> you had to see this video. He did not drink or anything, though, does not it? No, it was incredible, right? <laughs> and uh, so when we're doing the team talk the next day for the match, took the, vi- the the video footage and I remember I think it was Magilton stood up and was like you know the, the the thing was like we knew we were really going to have to do something special to get into the thing but the opportunity was there and he said like listen sometimes he said human beings can go to places that you just don't think they can get to and did it you know he said like you know they go above and beyond he said that's where we're going to have to go tonight he said he said we have people going above and beyond all the time, you know, whatever it was. I can't remember the exact words of speech, but and then we whipped out the video and played it on the screen for the boys. <laughs> the and they just cracked up. Everybody just cracked up. And they sort of just, you know, lighting yeah. the mood and yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. thing. And we were watching it. We went on, obviously, now it's the result or whatever at the end of it. But it was like, ama- it was an amazing thing. About it. And it it exists somewhere. I think Fergal Kernan, the physio, used to have it on his laptop. That's how right, he did yeah. on the thing. I must ask him. We'll, we'll be on to him. All the time. I must ask him. Right, main event. Right, so lads, we're ready for the main attraction now. Yeah. And it's Nate. Come on, Nate. Come on, Nate. Oh, Aussie oh, hoop, Nate Jameson. Get in there, Nate. Nate's brought his bag the whole off. So yeah, you didn't even like football until about what two years ago, year and a half ago. And then you got yeah, hooked with hoops. Less, less than that, man. Less. Mm. 2017. Seriously? Yeah. So you've been you've been lured in. My first away Rovers away game was in fucking Prague. Prague? The Boleslav the Boleslav. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time we ever met. Yeah, that was my first Rovers away match. The second one, Deco. Did Deco win that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Deco yeah. Brennan. Deco Yeah, Gary Brennan. Yeah, Deco couldn't couldn't go, so he. I was. I think I was a fair way down the pecking order, but I ended up. You ended up there, and we had a fucking ball. Oh, had a fucking ball. Eighty seven right. points. And who were you sitting beside on the plane? On the chair. Ah, yeah. You were sitting beside. Well, he's he's not an Aussie, but he certainly sounds like one. Yeah, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. But he say, he certainly sounds like an Aussie man, doesn't he? Yeah, well, so I said, um, where are you from, lads? Lads, keep it down. Come on, lads. He's um, um, I'm from Dublin, but I'm. It's like Mary Ray Wilson, okay. <laughs> No, so I was sitting next to this fellow on a plane and he's, he says, oh, so where are you going, Aussie Twang? Where are you, where are you from? He says, oh, no, I've, I'm from Dublin, but I've, I've lived out in Oz since 86. See, 86 is the last time my footy team back home won a grand final, you know? So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's the last time I... No, exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. 
So he knows what it's like to, to, to on a drought, you know? So, so how did you end up getting involved with Rovers? How, who got you involved? Myself. Myself? Silly question. You said you heard the roar from the stadium. That's how you, oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, right, I what? The, yeah, I was, I was down in the, you know, Shermwalsh Park. Yeah. Still. And you could just hear the, but I don't know. I don't want to tell that story because it's for, it's, it's from a, a different football team was making the noise. Oh, okay. And I thought it was. Still, it was tattered though. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, wait, who was making the noise? Fucking Dundalk. <laughs> <laughs> Still, the noise of Tyler drew him in. Fucking animals. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking chimpanzees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, people will remember the brilliant photo of Dylan Connolly in front of the Rovers fans at Oriel Park last year, and uh, you have oh, to yeah. see your face in it. Yeah. You shall be the fucking. Photo. Do you know Once what? Again, before we, go, saw, man, before like, we go forward, the range of emotions in that in that photograph and the facial expressions are just stunning. Yeah. It's a it's a fantastic photo in any walk of life. Yeah. I mean you have you've hate, you've love, you've bemusement, you've anger, you've you've everything in it. Never and seen you're an in the middle. Your man. In a photo than Nate. In yeah. That he looks like he's ready to kill Dylan Connolly. I was ready to fucking kill him, man. You scrote. He was like, look at that. He, just, he, get, he, just, he give you that wink, like, yeah, I fucking did. Yeah, uh, yeah I just. It, yeah, I, I know that wink. It's like, yeah, you know, I just, I just fucked your cousin type of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's, he was a bowsy. Yeah. That's all he was. Yeah, I no. really hope Rovers don't ever sign him, mate. Because they've been. Do you know what? I don't think he really, he's a really unintelligent footballer. He's a dumb footballer. He's got pace. That's it. That's it. Right, right. Right. Stick him. Stick him on the track. Yeah. He's no good for me anyway. Nice. But yeah. so Tata Stadium is now officially a building site. My kids are officially looking for a translator. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's good to see the watch, yeah. Speaking of it being a building site, where are we going to be, where are we going to be hanging the flags? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. he spoke to us yesterday about the squad launch. We're going to have to get the drill bits out. I mean, are, are we going to be hanging it on that bit of blue yeah. uh, scaffolding or whatever that's there? Are we like that's this is a this know. is a thing. Like it's yeah. an actual issue. Like it's it, it it is it is an issue. Where exactly. are we going to hang our flags? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think can we hang them on that? Can we bang a couple of nails in? Use our, our rivets and our handy work to just screw it in or what are we gonna do? There's a lot yeah. of flags out Biggest there. Biggest issue though when the new stand comes in. Where will my post stand? Yeah. Where will my post stand? He won't be allowed to stand by Just as for end. my post. Has anyone seen my post? My post, my post, my post. <laughs> I haven't seen my post in forever. I've seen him not a rovers but uh, at a pool hall on Wexford Street. <laughs> <laughs> as you do, he, yeah. he plays in his own for a while. Yeah. yeah. He plays his own game. Is this one of those pool is that the pool hall you can bring your own drink to? And uh, no, because they have a bar themselves. It's a... Uh, do you know the one I'm talking about? It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's pretty cool. You can bring your own cans. Yeah, yeah but uh, you have a limo story, have you? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Yeah. Um, geez. Uh, I went to the Dundalk match. Right. Up in... Um, up, in up in Oriel. 
done fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> was this the was this the cup the cup replay or the um, league game? The one with the, the one where they set the fucking pitch on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um yeah, so we mate that we went up there with and next thing I'm fucking getting a limo home. <laughs> <laughs> you got a limo home. How did you get a limo home? Oh no, well, it's just. The rest of the day. Fuck, do I know? You got a limo home. How did you end up in a limo? Oh, jeez, I really put myself fucking. I don't know. I just. Somehow. <laughs> But it happened, and <laughs> fair enough. I did, I did, I did get the Tala supporters bus up, up there, by the way. <laughs> That's a shout out for them, anyway. Four questions. Four questions, yeah. Well, three questions at least. We're gonna go with our questions now. Well, I can answer yeah. them. Yeah, actually. Yeah, of course. So we're gonna go with uh, where do you think Rovers are gonna finish this season? In the back of the limo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be a fan if I didn't say the top, mate. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be realistic. I tell you what, Cork. They shot themselves last year, mate. They fell to bits. Boom, they're gone. Don't talk. <laughs> we'll give them a nudge this year, for sure. No I'm, worries. I'm what about top scorer? Who's gonna be a top scorer? I'm gonna go Dan Carr. Dan Carr, number nine. And what about player of the year? Uh, I'm gonna be biased and say local lad of um, Mille. Oh, Brando, Brando, local lad, local lad. I'm loving this. Fantastic stuff. So, lads, give Nate a round of applause. Yeah. Hey, boys. I don't think he's ever played Nightbeast Bounty before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the night that made Nate famous, Gar. Oh, yeah, he literally is. Like People still coming up to him. Oh, yeah, yours, he Nate, yours, he Nate. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, uh, we'll move on quickly. The Graham Bork is back. Borky is back, baby. The club confirmed the loan deal from Preston until July of next year, and I reckon there's a sneaky. Sneaky plan to get him on a permanent come the end of this long term. So what a signing! What a signing! What a signing! And that's why the light doesn't go out. Prop the light never goes out. Why? Because we Borky back, and you just never know with football. You never know. So we will rumble along under the surface there and just pick up a couple of points. Hopefully, Dundalk fall off. Um, Trevor Clark has joined Rotherham for 120k, which I don't know if it's genuinely the truth. Is that is that the actual figure? I'm hearing that everywhere, but we don't know. There's no no release, the no release area. on Bulger's true feed. Quoted, There's no yeah. release on Furlong's feed, so we don't actually know what we definitely got for a player from. whose contract was set to run out. That's that's a decent feed. Yeah, good business, definitely, and uh, wish him all the best. Good old Trev, Club Diva will never be the same. <laughs> he was actually carried off in a stretcher 
just before the signing was announced. <laughs> he got walloped out of it, didn't he? So, a lot of people were afraid. as like, is the season over before the signing Most announced? failed man ever. But actually it wasn't uh, that bad of an injury as it turned out. Tommy Tarmy on Facebook, he said, Just took in 120,000 yo-yos for sending an injury-prone player with a few months left in his contract and took a feather we sold for 300,000 a year ago. Back on non. Fuck Stigo and their poxy raffle tickets. That is fundraising. <laughs> is that a little dig at us? <laughs> our praise of their, their raffle tickets. Chiching, baby. It is a very good bit of business. I will give them that. Smart move. And uh, everyone has to be happy. I mean, that's is that our striker crisis? The, the, the debate over which could roar on on Sunday the debate over whether Borky is actually the striker number 9 will roar on I've and never been so eager to see the formation of our Rovers team what's he going to do because Borky isn't the type to do what Ireland Green does like the team sheet won't be enough if he's on the team sheet fair enough like doesn't mean anything yeah. I want to I want to sit in my seat or stand in my seat the sales stand and I want to see where Borky stands on the pitch exactly because he was put on the right last year wasn't on the fucking right. He certainly wasn't on the right <laughs> last year. So we'll see what happens. I'm dying to see. Ah, oh, I can't wait. Uh, hopefully, ah, oh, starting levels and predictions will be good this week. Um, four four two magazine has a feature on the Rovers coaching staff, and it goes in depth about uh, life and timelines and achievements and things like that about Brad and McPhail. And it's a fascinating read. So check that out if you can. Uh, Great, great show, isn't it? To be getting, to be getting a feature in four four two. Great yeah, magazine. It's pretty cool. Talking about Brad's are getting uh, in the accident, and McPhail with his illness, and some really, really good reading. And of course, Jacko, the weasel, won the club's July Player of the Month award. And who else was it going to be, Prof? Six assists in Europe. Absolutely ran, run the muck. So big shout out to Jacko. And uh, Billy Dennehy retired prof Good debate uh, popped off on Rovers chat And I'd be a big fan of Billy A lot of stick went his way Undue stick in years gone by Even when he was at the club The East Stand uh, poachers you could say Were always out to get him And Billy was fantastic Gave us so much Hugged that touchline Gave us goals, gave us assists Gave us the Suarez, Billy Suarez moment Hmm. Gave us a great moment One of my favourite moments when, when he scored that belter out in Richmond Park, I think it was a 2-1 win. Stewie Bourne lost the ball, went on to win the league straight after that. That's when I said we're going to win the league. Scored an absolute cracker from his left foot outside the box. He gave us so many good memories. He outscored Gary Twig in one in season. season. He, he gave us so many good memories and he played his best football of his career with us. And he can debate that if he wants. He's wrong. <laughs> he played his best football at Rovers. Definitely had his best years. He was obviously a headless chicken at times. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. But everybody has their ups and their downs. Like he was very frustrating at times, and when you needed him, sometimes in a big game, he would do what he does, and it just wouldn't work. Yeah. And it'd be so frustrating. Hence the the poachers out to get him. But uh, yeah, Billy, great, great Rover servant, and uh, wish him all the best. I think he's involved with something called BD Hub, some sort of health and fitness uh, carry on. I think he started a company. So big shout out and uh, to Billy Denny and um, all the best in the retirement. Bi Billy. Dennehy. So next up we've McDara Ferris. Lengthy and very, very interesting conversation about Cyprus. And he dropped by earlier in the week to the full review of the second leg of Cyprus. And he'll come back and Puff will give some of his own thoughts as well. So um, here's the boys. Okay, we're here for our Cyprus review with McDara Ferris. It's a Sunday evening here. Uh, we wanted to do this full breakdown of the second leg with Gary as well, but it's his birthday today. So 
happy birthday, Gar. It's a, it's a reasonable excuse for not being here. So it's just me and McDerr. It's a Tales from the East End Extra Time Sportscast crossover episode. <laughs> and fair warning right there, we sort of did one of these in our last show with Between the Stripes and they immediately went out of business. Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not going to change allegiance in my club either, so he's still Shamrock Rovers fan, so I can talk about uh, the game uh, last week, yeah. Fair enough. So you can read McDerr's postcard from the Cyprus article, that's up in extratime.ie, and you spent most of the week in Cyprus, tonight in Spitboy, a UN-controlled buffer zone, so... Tell us what you got up to before the day of the game. So on, uh, well, the, the day before the game, like many Rovers fans, it was a day spent travelling. So uh, my mode of choice with a few others, so Jim Toner was on that flight, Jeff Fitzgerald, James Nolan. We went to Newcastle first uh, with Ryanair and then Jet 2, I think is the name of it, the four and a half hour flight uh, down to Larnaca and then... Um, a, a taxi and bus ride across so uh, got into the hotel just before midnight and then yeah a few few drinks most of the Rovers fans were all a lot of them were staying in the same hotel we were and uh, uh, it was kind of a relaxed evening the weather was so good people were sitting out yeah it was a it was very enjoyable just chatting to various people who travelled out for the game in, in big numbers what was the meeting point Bear? I saw a picture of all of everyone gathered together. You're in the corner, just with a, a sly smile on you. Yeah, there was. Uh, I think Mike's place was the name of it, but uh, it was ba- it was right in the the, the old town, um, and it was about a hundred meters from our hotel, which was very handy. So, um, but it seemed to be the place where everyone was gathered. The team were staying out in very plush hotel. We we dropped James Nolan off uh, from our taxi at the Landmark Hotel, where the team were. We're staying, and um, that was a little bit further out, um, closer to the stadium. Um, but this was most people were staying right in the, the city centre. So, yeah, that was the place for people to meet up on uh, the night before and then the day of the game as well. So, for a bit of sightseeing, you had history in mind because we had pre- previously played in Cyprus twice before in 1978 and 1987. So, you visited these old grounds. Yeah, no, I really piggyback on uh, what Fergus Desmond has been trying to tick off places where Rovers have played in, in Europe um, and go and see matches there in, in true groundhopper style. So there's no match you're going to be able to see where, I'm going to get this wrong now, where Ammonia played, I think is the car park. Yeah, I should I should know this right. And then... Um, That's the old GSP? So. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's only a bit of the terracing and the ticket office left. That's the modish site at this yeah, stage. Yeah, and then the other stadium was where Rovers played in the Cup Winners Cup back in 70... The Mercario Stadium. Yeah, so that in the Mercario Stadium. So we had to negotiate our way in there. It was kind of funny. I was wearing the old Rovers European Cup um, uh, jersey and that had the... Uh, uh, Shamrock Rovers on it and the, the year on it and then they were trying to find out well why the hell were we coming to see their empty stadium so I had actually a photograph from the match programme the other week with all the Rovers results in so I was able to show them well actually it was this this match here that we were coming to see so they <laughs> came in handy the stadium. yeah it did come in handy yeah so um, it's just a big bowl of a stadium but yeah it was in and just they made it, had to make a phone call so they rang someone who said yeah let these three fans in to have a look so they still play there uh, and then later on the day it was funny Finney Faraday sent me a, a message on Twitter because he played there um, last year as a second division Cypriot team so he he he, had, he said he thought it was interesting that I'd gone out to see the stadium so that was part of the day and then the rest of the day to kind of maybe go back to your previous question was to to go across the border into um, 
occupied Turkish occupied Cyprus or the the which is basically the, the north uh, end of the island. So most Rovers fans went across. So there was there was two main crossings. So one across is very geared up for tourists. So you kind of show your passport at the um, the Cypriot side, and then you walk about fifty meters, and then you show it to the the Turkish side, and then in you go. And it's it's I suppose it's a bit touristy. Uh, they're looking to get your uh, euro rather than your Turkish lira, but um, we wandered a bit further up towards the mosque, and then actually the day after the game we stayed stayed a bit longer. We went in the other entrance, which is much more um, military. So there's a much bigger no man's land. It's about two hundred meters, and um, there's UN troops on one side. Well, actually, probably on both sides, and there's a UN base right in the middle through the no man's land. The Ledra Palace Hotel, which is basically they've taken over, and um, so and and there are like even right in the middle of Nicosia, there's a number of guard posts where there are troops there, kind of looking. There's there's one of them beside the Berlin Wall bar, and um, so basically one of the troops has to stand there all day, right beside a bar, watching people drinking <laughs> for the day. And um, so, but a number of the other crossings are just kind of um, blocked out. So yeah, it was it was interesting to see, and on match night, um. You could see way over to the left in the hills in North Cyprus. They have the the Turkish Cypriot flag is lit up at night. It comes it comes on in phases. So you see the crescent moon and then the the wider. So you could see that from the stadium off to our left during the the uh, during the match. So yeah, it's interesting to see like this EU border, which is UN controlled, this buffer zone. Um, it was all it was pr- pretty relaxed, but uh, it is still a, a like a, a hard border as I as I describe it. That game you mentioned, nineteen seventy eight, that remains uh, the only ever League of Ireland win in Cyprus, nineteen seventy eight Cup Winners Cup. So there was a three Rawls, three nil, uh, two nil in yeah. Apoel. Uh, Cork Hibs did win an away leg once, but that was actually played in Cork. Okay, so it doesn't oh, count because it probably couldn't be played maybe in Cyprus at the time. Yeah, that's, yeah. that was the reason. Yeah. And to give people an idea of what we're up against, they'd won their last eight qualifiers, winning the home leg every single time. So this was a seriously top European team we're playing. Yeah, I think that, like, the difference is, you know, if you're looking at, you know, you're trying to qualify for the Europa League or even looking at Dundalk and the Champions League, is that you look at the quality of opposition and that it was a Spaniard got the winner, they've an Argentinian, um, that one of the players actually played in Tala in... Um, for Partizan Belgrade so the, the, yeah so the stitched within the team is a number of, of international players and international cap players um, and uh, you know it's very hard like they've they have a lot of money um, there's a lot of money washes through Cyprus be careful what I need to say here but um, we did meet a number of Russians who were there on holidays as well I think two and a half million will secure yourself a a Russian passport there. So um, one thing I didn't mention last week in my interview with um, John Dionadu is that there's an awful lot of match fixing going on in Cyprus in in recent years, and it almost seems like clubs when they fail to make Europe because Europe is like the money pot. Yeah. Suddenly the match fixing comes in and they get where they need to be, and they get into those European places. That's. So that's the allegations anyway. Well, the one of the taxi drivers we were chatting to and um, actually he took us out to the Macario Stadium. Um, he was like, no, don't don't follow football because it's all the mafia. So he was into cycling, which is its own type of cheating. But um, 
but anyway but there's but there's a lot of like the, the Apollon don't get massive crowds um, but they do have money like their budget would be multiple what, what Rovers is um, and okay the crowd was small because it's been played um, mm. like I think Larnaca is about or sorry Limassol is about uh, 90 kilometres away so mm. it's a good drive for anyone to, to come across plus they're protesting anyway over these uh, this ID system yeah yeah so there's the ID cards and, and that didn't help Rovers fans on the night in that um, we all had to give our, our passport numbers ahead of time and then had to queue up um, and it was quite a lengthy queue as people they went down the list and were looking across the passport numbers before they'd hand over the ticket so um, some people just got into the ground about kind of five ten minutes before kickoff. Um but yeah so there is a bit of uh, um, kind of a, a stay away protest for, for some of the for some of the fans uh, as for what other people got, in, got up to uh, a lot of the lads went uh, swimming uh, yeah, the in those videos. Team, team, the, where we were staying had a had a nice hotel. Yeah, the bar beside it. So yeah, a bit of volleyball was played as well. A bit of head tennis. Uh, Sean Cameron's mum and her partner they were there. Uh, got a text from John Connolly saying he had a great chat with them, and he, he added, "What a club and what a hangover." The next day, <laughs> I travelled home with John on Saturday. So yeah, there was a few of us stayed on an extra day, and we uh, flew back through. Um, beautiful bristol uh, yesterday evening so yeah so as for the stadium itself uh the gsp it's near twenty-two thousand capacity and the robbers fans were in the upper tier weren't they so no chance of a pitch invasion no chance of a pitch invasion but they did have police tape which kind of corralled the rovers fans into one section and then there was quite a it was in the upper bit and when rovers did score um somehow people managed to get the other side of the p- police tape and go down and celebrate in front but uh it was well away from any away fans it was a bit of a pity because we were so high up and like the the players kind of were looking up almost kind of shading their eyes to see what where the rovers fans because it's um the stadium is is dominated by it by that massive main stand and we were right up towards the top of it with the curve route but i think the the noise carried um list watching back to the apollon highlights on on youtube you could certainly hear us i think it was hopefully that was the case for the the players good ears on the pitch anyway as for the heat, I read somewhere that it was 30 degrees, although wasn't that meant to drop to about 22 on match time, which was about 8 o'clock? Yeah, during the day it was it was oppressively warm. Yeah, it was like 30, 35, 36 degrees. Um, but by match, so it was a 8 o'clock kickoff in, in Cyprus, temperature dropped below 30 degrees. still pretty warm mm. and the players were getting rehydrated. It was, if there was any break in play... There's generally a couple of bottles being thrown on um, just to keep the players rehydrated. So it was, um, but yeah, it was still pretty hot and to have to play 120 minutes is pretty, pretty difficult. I think that was one of the reasons in the first half, Jack Byrne and Aaron McIniff, they really weren't playing their normal game at all. Or were we just not allowed to play our normal game because we couldn't get the ball off them? I think it's the latter. They pressed us really hard. Now we've, you know, anyone looking at Rovers this season will have seen the, the way that we play, um, playing the ball around the back with, because it's the new season in the Europa League, you, the, you can take your goal kicks and the defender can actually take the ball from within the penalty area. So we're doing plenty of that. So, the, But they pressed us really hard and something that hasn't happened all season. We made quite a lot of mistakes under that press. Aaron McIniff, there's a couple of passes, just played the ball out for, for a throw in a, a couple of stages. So, mm. um, And then the, unsurprisingly, they were marking Jack Byrne pretty tightly. But yeah, it, w- it was a poor enough first half like looking at those Apollon highlights people would be looking saying well Rovers had hardly any of the ball in the first half but the 68-32 possession yeah. at one stage it was 75% possession 
yeah, we couldn't seem to hang on to the ball, and it was uh, yeah. So it was a I thought it was a pretty poor first half performance. We definitely deserved to be trailing, and I think going in at half nine one nil, chatting to people around me, I think people were nearly happy that it was only one. It was only one nil down, um, and that we, you know, we were still very much in the game. Um, but I think certainly Stephen Bradley changed it up at half time, and they're much better in the second half. Just to cover the starting lineup because I, I missed that. Uh, Cummins and Friuge didn't travel. Cummins had a concussion going into the tie. Friuge still wasn't ready. Uh, McAniff in the first leg, he needed seven stitches. And Joey O'Brien came out with a knock. Cabo was a doubt, but they all started. All three started the game. The only change was uh, Aaron Green up front instead of Danny Kerr. And uh, Graham Burke obviously travelled and he trained with the squad. So Yeah, he did. And he was sitting on, so the, they had the main bench and then they had a smaller bench off to the left. So. That had um, Mal Slattery, the kept man, and Jerry Byrne. Um, to know Byrne was sitting down there as well, and Graham Burke was sitting sitting there. Um, so they they were very much, uh, you know, Graham Burke was chatting to the players at half time, and then were coming back out. So yeah, we could see him. Uh, we could see him down below. Um, yeah, in in relation to the starting lineup, like I think Sean Cavan hadn't he wasn't even in the squad for the Cork game on Sunday, but he came in and thought he did an excellent game. Uh, and it like Joey Bryan, I think looked like he was pain, playing through a bit of a pain barrier. Um, I think he was uh, struggling at times just to try and, you know, because he came off early enough in that game in, against Cork. And you talked about it earlier on, you know, we ended up um, Ronan Finn playing at, at right back at one stage. So, um, and then with the starting lineup, we had only six subs, which was the other thing as well, which was a bit surprising. Um, like, I think the, the call is, if somebody has concussion, yeah, I don't think there's much point in them travelling out. They're not going to be able to train. Um, you know, it was a long flight. The team went out the night, like, they flew. They travelled down to the Cork game the night before, stayed in Cork, played the game on Saturday. Um, and then, sorry, played the game on Sunday, and then they travelled back they trained on Monday and they flew out direct they went from Roadstone to the airport flew to Berlin um, stayed there on Monday night and then flew on, on Tuesday so they're trying to give themselves as much chance to climatise to the to the heat it would have been I think it would have been better if there was another player we just could have, could have had on the bench even for the, the experience um, mm. but it's understandable that Ferrugia isn't, isn't fit and, and they probably hoped the Cummins might be able to travel but maybe medically wasn't able to maybe they didn't want to just bring someone else at that point but it did mean there was three pretty young players on, on the bench and we, could and we had Thomas Alua yeah. as our first substitute yeah. but uh, so we went the goal down and came from behind as we did in all four European games in this campaign and uh, so they as we mentioned, they had had a good spell of possession leading up to their goal, which came on uh, 18 minutes. So it was a cross from the right to the far post, and Zelaya out jumps Joey O'Brien, who kind of got caught onto the ball. Yeah. And uh, headed the past Mans. Yeah, it, it was a goal that was kind of coming. They'd pressurised us a fair bit down that right hand side as well and put us on the back foot. And it was a decent cross. Your man kind of came in from behind. He was able to kind of get up above Joey O'Brien. It certainly wasn't a foul, but, you know he got on top of Joey so there was not mm. much that you know and it was downward header and it, it always needs to be something pretty good to, to beat Adam Manus and then we had a couple of good saves from Manus uh, first one McInef was dispossessed by the Apollon player a uh, powerful drive that Al saved and second was a curling shot that was definitely on top corner from all of 20 yards out and an uh, excellent save yeah it was really impressive like it just shows what the quality that Manus brings um, and uh yeah, that, that shot away to his left was absolutely brilliant. It was up top draw, put it around for, for a corner kick. 
So Stephen Bradley afterwards, he said, we didn't show up in this first half and we gave him the game in that first half. So in your opinion, is that what killed us? Were we too defensive? I don't think we're too defensive. I, I think we, I just think they pressed us so hard that it, 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 it meant we couldn't hang on to the ball. We made errors. We were on the back foot and it meant then we couldn't get forward and we didn't create an awful lot. Um, but we were still, we were still in the game. You kind of knew, well, like if you can get a goal here, um, and we have the potential within the team to 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 get goals, um, but I think we were lucky to only be one 0 down at halftime. Yeah, we couldn't get the ball at all. I mean, yeah. Even our clearances, uh, Aaron Green couldn't get on the end of them. He was offside a few times, yeah. so couldn't get the ball at all. Um, as for people like myself who uh, didn't make the trip, I, I had to watch this one at work, so I had to hide somewhere for the first half <laughs> to watch the second half of my break. Uh, extra time was a little bit more difficult, so I only saw bits and pieces. Saw their goal. I, I missed their red card, but uh, you could definitely hear us, hear you guys on the stream, especially in the second half. Uh, all I could hear was just the Rowers fans singing. Obviously, it was Cypriot commentary, which I was ignoring, but you know, I could hear you guys singing the whole way through. Yeah, it, it got it, it. It probably got a little bit quieter after we went a goal down, but in the second half, people, like it was a like it was another good Rover support. It was about one hundred and fifty fans. I didn't think we'd have as many as we had in Norway but we had just as many um, bolstered by a few Irish people in Cyprus who came to the game including there had to be guards or Irish soldiers they definitely had that look about them who'd come to watch the game as well and the Irish ambassador to Cyprus who'd come to meet the team the day before and they presented her with a jersey she was at the match as well but not not sitting with the the away fans from looking at her her photo from on Twitter later on um but yeah and everyone was corralled into a relatively small section and uh yeah we're just trying to do as much to to be vocal for you know the, the players were giving their all out in 30 degree heat all we needed to do was was sing so um yeah, it was good that that came, came across in the second half, especially, I think. So what happened here was the club set up uh, a stream for fans to watch online because it was only being shown on Cypria TV. RTE and Air Sport didn't pick up the game. So what it was, was it was €6 Euro for the stream if you bought it early, €9 Euro if you bought it on the day. It's real boxing pay-per-view stuff, isn't, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So the figures came in there uh, yesterday. 1,484 people logged in. So... That's a great success, and it's something apparently the club is looking at doing now in the future for friendlies and European games. Yeah, it's good numbers. What I'd say is, though, it's probably a lot of League of Ireland fans would have paid the money as well um, to, to, to watch the game, because there's always great interest when the European games come around. But it's a, it's a great number. It shows that the, you know, the numbers are there. But I, I, I don't know what it would be like for... You know, for a Rovers normal home game, and there's always this balancing act. Well, we're pe- are people just going to buy the stream and not actually pay the fifteen euro in, um, or even if they have a season ticket, not not go to the game? You think you think they hopefully they hopefully would, but um, yeah, that, that's that's great numbers for people to to watch the game. So we were we were the better team really from the second half onwards. We made a, a really bright start, and we had our first real spell of possession there. Yeah, I think Jack Byrne was able to get a bit more on, on the ball. Um, <coughs> Sean Kavanagh did well getting down one side and Ethan Boyle was good getting up the other side as well. So um, we put them under pressure. Had a few chances, and but the game really... There was like this wacky five-minute period where the game really flipped with the sending off, um, with, the, with their goal, with the sending off, and then Aaron Green's goal. 
Yeah, so we'll talk about their goal. So despite our bright start, uh, they doubled their lead on 64 minutes. So they had a corner. Manus saved the shot initially. And then Zalai followed up on the Yeah, it was a good save. I'd say when they're watching back the, the video afterwards, they're probably a bit disappointed that someone, they weren't quicker to react to just get a boot on the ball. They were just a little bit quicker and they were able to get in. So... Um, yeah, it wasn't like you definitely didn't want to. You were kind of saying, well, the next goal is going to be crucial. But um, having carried a 2 1 first leg lead, it meant the match was still very much alive. Um, so then they scored, and then. Uh, the game it, just flipped on its head. Yeah, and it was it was kind of funny. It, like Dan Carr was. They were going to. So um, Bradley looked to bring Dan Carr on, right? We need to get a goal. We're chasing the, we're chasing the game now. We have to score. And. Uh, we put a bit of pressure on. I think at one stage we might have maybe got a corner and they kind of delayed us because they didn't want to bring him on. And then um, the Sean Kavanagh kind of pushed one of their players. So it was kind of a yellow card. And then their captain kind of got involved. That's a red card in the League of Ireland, by the way. Uh, yeah. They just pushed prob- someone on the ground. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, but then their captain, who was a real moany fella all night, he got involved. Papalus. Yeah, not not with Kavanagh. I think with someone else. He kind of came. I think it was maybe with Ronan Finn. It was Ronan Finn. He grabbed him in the face. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the linesman saw it, and so the referee. You could clearly see he was talking to the assistant referee. They were all mic'd up, and uh, despite the incredulous look on the captain's face, it was it was a red card. Um, and so what Bradley did was he actually. He sat Carr back down. I think he maybe brought on Gary O'Neill, but but Carr sat back down. And you would have assumed that probably Aaron Green was been going to come off in place of Dan Carr. But mm. but because of the red card, he wanted to see well what way we're going to set it up. What way are they going to set up now? They're down to ten men, and it gave the opportunity for Jack Brown to get I think his fifth or sixth assist maybe fifth assist yeah fifth assist. Although yeah. Aaron Green in fairness did most of the work with this he, one. This he is, did. Uh, so this is on 69 minutes. Aaron Green, a stunning strike from all of 25 yards, arrowed into the top corner. Oh, it was brilliant. It's it's as good a goal as you're going to see in Europe, you know. Um, although probably Graham Burke sitting on the bench maybe got a pretty good one against Milada Boleslav. But, but this one, for what it meant, you know, there's been a lot of... Uh, I don't know whether... Aaron Green's feeling pressure. Like, he's given it his all. You can't fault the guy's work, work, work rate, but... You know, the, you can hear the criticism that he's not hmm. scoring goals. And Do you boy, think that cup in the year was directed? No, I think no. The so the I don't know whether you could see on the television the cameras were were facing away from the main stand, but most of the home fans were in the lower tier down below us, and they hmm. were pretty mouthy. And uh, hmm. no, I, I'm fairly certain now the cupping year celebration is towards them because he got good practice. He did it against Sligo Rovers. I seem to remember earlier <laughs> on the season. So no, but like the way he turned the player. And put it in the corner. Uh, it was it was an absolutely brilliant goal, and uh, you know I was delighted for him because I say he's worked so hard and uh, to score a goal like that and and what it what it meant. And you know we we drove on then after that, and like we definitely were the better team. We obviously had the man advantage, and um, and it was only maybe towards the end of of normal time in ninety minutes, maybe eighty five minutes. Both teams kind of slowed it down. I think no one wanted to make a mistake and maybe lose out. They kind of wanted, well, let's get into extra time. There wasn't a whole lot of note that happened, really. No, and, and, and they were probably thinking, right, well, we might get a goal or if we can take the penalties because we're a man down. Did have a couple of scares in injury time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and and from our point of view, like we were hoping to get it into injury time with the extra man at thirty minutes. And but the the mood was, I was thinking back to that this was like, you know, Belgrade and. I was about to say that you were getting flashbacks from. Yeah, Belgrade, it yeah. was like it was a the temperature was the same. Like we were playing high quality opposition. I think uh, Partizan would maybe are are a step above Apollon, but you know, as we were talking earlier on, Apollon are a decent side. Um, we were playing well. Um, get having, the outrageous long range shot. Yeah, and you're thinking, right? We get this into into extra time, and then you know the the second red card for Grace. It was definitely a yellow card, but his first one, you know, wasn't a yellow. And the problem was he had fouled their player right in front of the bench, and uh, you know they were straight up all the subs. The manager who was you guys around. were behind the bench, so you could hear all this melting throughout the whole game. Yeah, you? yeah, and, and, and they were influencing the ref. Yeah, and their manager, you know jumping around in his blue jeans and his trainers, you know, trying to influence the, the referee. And and, and their whole so it's the first half for Grace's first yellow card, but he didn't he didn't touch him on, you know. And then the second yellow card, definitely, definitely yellow card. He was kind of Grace was put in the position because the ball was kind of given away and he he, he he stepped across and he body checked him. And um we definitely lost the momentum I think at that point. But uh, you mentioned Bill Gray there. I'll quickly ask you to rank these three European goals in order. Sully, Burke and Green. Uh, Pat Sullivan's is top. Probably the best goal uh, and also what it meant. I think you got to put it in a context and maybe that's not fair because you score the goal and then what happens after the goal affects how maybe you rate that goal. But uh, probably Sullivan's goal. Then I, I'd put Aaron Green's next. Um, and again, probably what it meant. The the Burke goal is is pretty spectacular as well. But I think the 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 shock of of the strike of Green putting mm. it into the top corner. I think um, you know we've seen what Graham Burke can do, uh, but we probably haven't seen that that that's the type of goal that Aaron Green can can score. Um, so I'd probably go Sullivan Green. Yeah, I think Burke. for importance and given that. Sully is a right back and nine times out of ten that was shot would have gone to Rosie. Yeah. You probably give it that. But yeah. if you put a gun to my head though, if you take out the importance of it yeah. and just rate it as a goal, yeah. I will put Graham Burke number one. Okay. Well I'm not gonna Which might be controversial, yeah. but there you go. So uh by the way, that's eleven of our last thirteen European away games that we scored a goal. Yeah, it's you know it's, the two that we didn't score? Uh we didn't score in Milada Boleslav in a way. That's right, and the other one? Um, the other one was Protus Niederkorn, was it? Nilo yeah, that's right, Luxembourg, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, we mentioned Aaron Green, he'd obviously got a lot of stick from our own fans throughout the season. So, I wouldn't have blamed him if he had, if he had directed that uh, celebration to us, but as you say, he was actually at the, he was at the Cypriots. Yeah. But, uh, before he scored this goal on the podcast, I was actually going to call out the goals he had scored this season and how few of them had been game-changing. Because if you look at like Waterford and Albany yeah. Day, that was an equaliser. Uh, Derry, that was the winner. Sligo was an equaliser, but we ended up losing the yeah. game. But then you look at the other goals. Two games against Harps, the third goal in 3-0. Uh, the six and seven goals against UCD. Yeah. But then, of course, my whole argument just got thrown out the window because he scores this incredibly important goal. So, I mean, 
fair play to them. And also, I'm sure you've seen that video of the of the academy kids from the under eights to under elevens. They stay back after training at Rosetown to watch the game, yeah. watch the stream in Cyprus, and you just see them going crazy. And who's in amongst them but Aaron Green's son? <laughs> it's brilliant to watch. So our subs were, uh, you mentioned Dan Kerr had come on, uh, Gary O'Neill and Watts came on, and we mentioned uh, Alua, he was the fourth sub because you're level four in extra time, remember last year in Sweden it was Davy Mack, he yeah. was the fourth sub, Yeah. and we mentioned the, the Lee Grace second yellow, two minutes into extra time, a lot of people giving Dan Kerr a bit of flack for this because in the lead up to that second yellow, he should have released the ball earlier. And he does, but he often tends to do, he tries to do too much yeah. and he tries to take on a couple of players. They broke from that and that led to Grace body checking the player. So can you understand fan frustration over this? Yeah, like at times he, do, he does. He, he he can take too much out of the ball. And other times you're screaming at him to to close the player down where maybe Green is better and, and is more maybe willing to do the, the running. But Carr can do... Other things, and he brings a bit of X factor. Like sometimes, I don't think he knows what he's quite going to do with the ball. So there's no way a defender, I think, knows. Well, is he going to go left or is he going to go right? But no, I, I think again, if they're doing their video analysis on the goals, they'd be looking at and going, no, that he, he should have done better in that instance. Because yeah, immediately they got on the break and they were, they were quick. Like the both teams, the pace slowed down in in extra time. I suppose you had, you had it was ten v eleven, and then it was ten v ten in quite uh you know quite you know we're still high to high 20s um you know our fitness we're right in the middle of our season they're just coming to the start of their season so their their league season hasn't even started yet so um i think they struggled a bit at times but when they got an opportunity to broke break they broke quickly and uh i think there wasn't much grace could if he had let the guy go he's he had committed that said yeah yeah and Brazzer, after the first leg, had mentioned uh, their dark arts, how how well-versed they were in this. Maloney texted me saying they were 10 times worse than than Dundalk with with their antics. Because if you go back to the first leg there, number 20, do you remember that time over near the corner flag where he, he rolls around as if he's dead? Yeah. Then the ball is played back up to him and he's up yeah. and he's looking to cross in again. And he was at it in the second leg. They tried to hack Jack Byrne at every given yeah. opportunity, so... The Dark Arts were, were well out with this team. <laughs> so, the winning goal. Spanish substitute, Sardinero. Love adoration there. Uh, he got the winner. So, it was a quick move down the right-hand side. He was played in, and he drilled in the far corner past Manus. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good shot. It, like, clipped the bottom of the post. It, like, just beat Manus's outstretched right hand. It was the only place he, could, he was going to get it in, and it was... Um, yeah, at that stage you were like, okay, bad goal to concede, but because we, if we get another goal, we were going to, like, that extra goal in terms of the away goals, we kind of knew if we could, mm. um, and with some chances late in the game. Yeah, we did. We had a Lua at the, the back post, just couldn't get a touch in it. We had Watts with a body that was saved. Yeah, there was, I think, it kind of came down the right-hand side and it was passed in, and it was I think it was a Watts cross. I think Gary O'Neill maybe got in. And he it he just beat him. He was probably near to it, and Alua 
coming in was like inches away from getting on it. I think that was only his maybe third. Like it was he, only his fourth ever appearance. Yeah, he made two um, substitute appearances. I think in the league. So two in the league, won the league cup. Yeah. So I hope he doesn't go the way of the the two cabinets. Remember them. Yeah, actually, we was talking about yeah, Kean Cavanagh and Dylan Berger, Norway. Yeah, yeah. Pat Fannin gave them games. I think uh, one of them. I'm pretty sure one of them played more European games than league games. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, they played in the away games. So, but like uh, Lewis been banging goals in for that under nineteen team. So, um, great experience for him to come on, and I certainly wouldn't like it wasn't a miss. He put himself in the opportunity that the. To, to come in at the back post and, and the cross was just uh, just eluded eluded him but it was I say there was a player in front of him that I actually thought had a, had a better chance but it just missed out them and if that had gone in if some buts and whatever well, that was right at the end of, right at the end of the game mm-hmm. they, like they, I don't think they could have come back from it at that point but it just wasn't to be and and to lose out like two years running we've taken clubs that are you know, have squads with international players and, you know... Multiple times our budget. Yeah, exactly. Playing uh, away from home in the second leg in the national stadium and to take the teams to extra time. Um, I think it's it's great credit to 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 the management team and great credit to the list of players. And, and at the end of the game, like, uh, there's the, you know, the mutual love-in with the players looking up and the... But, it, like, it, it was genuine, you know. They'd put every effort in... And everyone that travelled out, I'm sure everyone that was watching on the stream were, you know, was really pleased with how they'd got back into the game. As you said, had come back once again, having fallen a goal, goal behind to put the every effort in. And it was a great performance over two legs. Yeah. Over 210 minutes. Yeah, because I, I thought they would be a lot better in the second leg because they were pretty poor in the, in the first leg, if, if you're honest. And that they should have had that kick up the backside from that. But we, we performed really well and... People were disappointed leaving the ground um, and kind of chatting away, but like I was really pleased with how they played. And actually, it was only when I woke up the next morning, I was like, I was really disappointed the next morning because it, it is a missed opportunity. Now, I'm not like they did everything they could, but to come so close, even closer than maybe knocking out AIK last year, um, it just and, wasn't to be again. Yeah, and to to get to the third qualifying round with a chance to go play Austria Vienna you know but um, I, I, there's so many positives you can take from it not just the money that's so important to, to League of Iron clubs to even get through that round um, but I think they can kind of build on that and it's important that they don't lose that momentum that you know the cracking crowds that we've got like the two 5,000 plus crowds um, you know it's the cup on Friday and it's not part of the season ticket but people need to come out and, and come to the games and look at, like disappointment of the cup but having a cup run or, or the, uh, ga- the game the game yeah like but the, the games don't care about the cup or yeah, your we've got, anymore we've got bows uh, still to come um, again maybe you don't want to talk about playing Bohemians either but you know the atmosphere in the first leg in that game against Apollon is I think as good if not the best we've had in Tala so I was in the safe I was in the safe stand for that one and you had the west stand starting songs you had the south stand with the ultras as usual and and then you had the overflow you must have had about eight nine hundred people maybe in the overflow in the in the east stand and it was so good at times I thought I'd actually rather be in the west stand so I can look at the south stand yeah and see how incredible it is it was but, amazing to be in it, obviously. Yeah. But. And you had that cauldron. So you had two sides, from the south stand, you had two sides of the ground. 
Um, and it was brilliant. And there was loads, like, there was, you know, um, loads of people who come to the odd European game because, you know, it's, they're maybe not a massive League of Ireland fan or maybe not a massive Shamrock Rovers fan, but they come to that. And even if they came to the Rovers-Bows game earlier in the season or the Rovers-Dundalk game earlier in the season in Tala when there have been those huge crowds and the results haven't gone the way but the games have been so entertaining. Rovers have played really well and there's been the drama about good and bad. You'd be like, anyone coming to those games, it's like they're going to come back and it you always it reflects what's happening on the pitch and, and the reason why the atmosphere has probably stepped up this season like we played well last year and the atmosphere around the club was really good last year and the results didn't quite we didn't quite get get it together on the pitch but it was pretty good this season we obviously started really really well um you know and we're you know we're a good bit clear of the the teams behind us and the atmosphere is reflected what goes on on the pitch and and vice versa the players uh, you know, get the vibe off that as well, and, yeah, and I just feel like hope we're we're getting better in Europe every year as well. Well, our so playing we, style suits suits Europe. If we kept the nucleus of this squad plus Graham Burke next year, we could take an even bigger scalp. Yeah, if you're looking at the team, if you're saying, well, I I look at the, the squad and necessarily name players, but in the, in previous years, I've been looking at the squad and be looking at certain players and going, they're not a league winning. <coughs> player you look back at 2010 and 2011 and you look at that squad and they you know they they worked hard and they gave it all and they had the creative players and I think in, in previous years we certainly didn't have those players and and you know Stephen Bradley has radically overhauled that squad as I think you were saying when his first match in charge there's only well there's no players left back at the club now because well, Clark's gone Trevor Clark and, and Sean on. Boyd Boyd's Boyd. gone now so technically still our player but he's just him yeah yeah so the the squad has been radically overhauled and i think there's a couple of key positions and you know graham burke he's not a number nine but he is a goal scorer like he finished top scorer with us and he left us in june last year like so, so. do you play him up top instead of green and cummins um it gives you another option i i don't i think you might play him as number 10 and you still you maybe allow you might play Byrne and Burke in behind um, there's there's different options you can't you have to rotate the squad there's still a lot of games to be played um, like with with two fixtures to slot in for Waterford so you can't play everyone every week it's not like um, saying you know well where will Burke fit in it's not like signing Newcastle signing Australia like you know this guy is good enough to, to play and you, 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 you want to get Byrne and Burke in the same team. I I think he, there's the option of playing him up top, but I think you'd still probably look to have a number nine. Um with maybe Cummins and Carr. You know, you have that option to, to, to play to play three of those four within the offensive right up top, you know. Just jump back to the night in Nicosia. That was that was what was very telling was their reaction after the final whistle. They almost looked yeah. relieved. I mean, I mentioned that they had won like uh, eight qualifiers in a row. We were probably their most hard-fought win out of the nine. They, you could see the reaction of what it meant at them, and um, like what I'd heard is like they, the, the, the directors have a lunch before the the game, and I think it was before the first leg. 
there wasn't much talk about the match and the view is that like they kind of thought well the match will take care of itself because we're at that level um but they certainly in terms of their budget they would be budgeting <coughs> for qualifying um maybe not quite qualifying for the, the Europa League but certainly getting through that round I think it would have had a huge influence if they had not gone through I think their manager might have been under an awful lot of pressure so yeah their their fans weren't particularly happy with their with their performance but there was this, there was definitely a sense of relief around the place you saw it with the the reaction when they got through they um you know they got pretty close to being dumped out of Europe and, and uh, so they uh, they were delighted to get through Apparently there was a comment made by one of their directors at Tata Stadium. They were asked, what sort of crowd would you expect in the second leg in Cyprus? And he said something to the effect of, well, it depends on the scoreline here. You know, if it's three or four nil mm. to them, not many people show up. So I think that says it all. We, we shocked them on that first leg. Yeah. And the pity is because of the way the UEFA coefficient has changed, we don't get any extra points for beating them in in the first game. It's it's all in the qualifiers until you get to the group stages. You just get points from whatever round you get to, and you get eliminated from. And that that's the pity that you know we we beat them in the first leg, um, but we don't you don't accrue any extra points. But getting through the to the second qualifying round is is still pretty important. Yeah, great stuff in depth. The buffer zone and not uh, what, what mm-hmm. the sort of you couldn't go in if you were a. Turkish Cypriot or a Greek Cypriot you couldn't go into that little zone the military zone all the lads ended up there Maloney and Ray Whelan and, and Paulie McGrath they all ended up there as well it's fascinating stuff things 1974 it was invaded so our, our, mm. our history lesson was was reopened again there most recently because that's something I like to do as well I mean look at the yeah. significant events in, in a country's history when you do visit it I like, and, I like those little sightseeing trips there yeah, the I, yeah it, was, it was class it was really cool Great interview and um McDara, one of those high brow types that Jim War- Jim Toner uh warned us about Gar. High brow, yeah. yeah. He says he prefers the low brow like Pat Flynn. See I like the the likes of McDara who wouldn't uh, partake in a sherry, his his day wouldn't consist of being in the pub for fifteen hours. So mm. he would like a little bit more like you say, highbrow activity. So he's gone and he's experimenting and he's visiting all these landmarks and cool <laughs> things, whereas we're probably just going to sit in the pub. So because he doesn't drink, he, he partakes in these activities, which is a, is, it's a great perspective to have instead of the blurry one that we usually give. It's not until the plane home, I'm like, probably should have done some touristy things there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did go for a 5k walk and saw the sights and brand. That'll do us. Well, yeah, uh, just give us your quick thoughts on, <laughs> on the game itself, Gare. Uh, we were totally in it, totally in it, and then um, I think the, the first yellow for Grace obviously wasn't wasn't a yellow, but the second was a yellow all day. He had to do it. It was always going to happen. He, he would have been crucified for letting him go and and not body checking him. So we had a couple of chances as well. We were totally in the game towards the when, when like we were in this. We were really on top when they, when they got the red card. It was just so frustrating. I mean, Greener, Greener popping up, and I think Greener meant to pass it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, absolute screamer, top corner, can't take that away from absolute cracker. And it just seemed like we were going through. And the vibes of McDara said about vibes of of Belgrade. I just got that vibe when when it went in. I'm just thinking to myself, yeah. this is going our way. Something's really happening. Is something yeah. is happening. The heat, the obviously because I'm not there, but you can see the high view. 
the heat it just reminded me of Belgrade you know the way people were and you could hear the fans chanting constantly look we were pushing them home you know it was mad how quickly the game just changed on a dime <sighs> that with that red card and then the green just goal to- they were just totally back in it then you know yeah it was so so unfortunate and uh, so like we said you, you said the second I texted you you were like fuck off no moral victories I'm sick of this show but you're right you're totally right at the same time, you'd, you'd have to be have to be proud of that, though. 100% proud, yeah. And Players it was just really good feeling. It was a great finish, though. The tour goal was a fantastic finish. And not yeah. much you can do when you're dead out on your feet in that heat and you've 10 men. Fair enough, it was 10 on 10, but still. Players left everything on the pitch. Everything. Couldn't ask for any more than that. Absolutely fantastic display. So, um, And as always, Gar, nobody travels away like us. Nobody. So, all together now. Dundalk brought 14 fans to Carabag. 14. I, like, I know we didn't we didn't turn up, but fuck me. I just... Uh, you, you, we, we, we always try and move mountains to try and get to these games, you know? It's the first one we've missed in years, but uh, yeah, it's fantastic stuff from the Rovers. Faithful, as usual. And uh, what happens on tour stays on tour. So we move on. And Dundalk were being treated by Carabag, and they drop into the Europa League playoff and uh, I want to drop into the Europa League and they play Slovan Bratislava who will hopefully smash the fucking arse off them and the winner of that game will meet Ajax so uh, apparently one of our own is going to be in the way end in Bratislava tonight I'm not sure at the moment what? oh they won 1-0 so Slovan won 1-0 and uh, keep an eye out for a Rovers flag in the home end in Bratislava <laughs> we have a couple of uh, exiled hoops over there so uh, yeah delighted with that Absolutely delighted. And anyone who says any different, any Aurora fans wants other fans to wants other clubs to progress in Europe. No, fuck that. Not a chance. Ten nil wouldn't be enough. So uh Yeah, so a potential tie with PSV for the winners of Austria, Vienna and Apollo Nimasol. And uh how jammy have Linfield been? Oh man, super finished. See the see the pass and finish from Eri Bastian. Oh, Lovely it's... true ball, very Jack Bourne-esque and uh, a a, a prof special <laughs> a little dink oh they'd have to have to check this yeah, out have to check it out it's absolutely brilliant Eri is just like I feel like he could play well anywhere he's like yeah. a Joey and Doll. he could fit into our team he definitely could fit into our team but who do you take out you know what I mean other players you're like ah well will he fit in up north how will he settle in or no he's just, yeah. he's just a does he need to be guy. put in the Jack Bourne role like kind of here you do do what you need to do Type thing. Does he have to be the play has to be centered around him? Possibly. Maybe so. Yeah. Give me Jack Bourne all day though. But look at Linfield's path. Hammered by Rosenberg. Yeah. Then they get a team from the Faroe Islands mm-hmm. when they drop into the Europa League. Then a team from Montenegro. One of the lowest ranked teams. Although was not, it? Yeah. On paper, it seems tough. Montenegro. No, well, one of the lowest ranked <laughs> nations because they're a relatively new nation. Yeah, yeah. And now they're potentially in the last qualifying round. So crazy. It's looking That's likely it. that we could be seeded next year based on our performances this year. It it could be very close. But that could make all the difference next year. Yeah, if we're it seeded. It really could good. That's the difference in making a second qualifying round and a third qualifying round. And Dundalk going forward it helps us but still <laughs> <laughs> Um Yes, yeah, so we're gonna move on to our underage results. Since the last show, they uh, all had the last weekend off, and uh, the week before that, Rovers under 19s beat Pats 2 1 in the cup, and they'll travel to Derry for the quarters in the league. Uh, they won 2 0 at home to Cabin Tilly, forced two goals 
Alua and Abunu. So two players in the fringes of the first team. And next up is Wexford away on Sunday. And the 17s beat Cabotini 1-0 with an Adam Wells goal. And they're in talent again this Saturday against Wexford. And we have the 15s. Four late goals to win 6-2 in Kerry. And they'll host Kerry at the Roadstone on Saturday. And the 13s beat Kildare. Do you know what they're called? Club Kildare or something like that? K. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Must be a new thing. Don't know why. Yeah, uh, keep two in a row, son, and the same teams meet again on Saturday and Nice. So uh, keep an eye on the Rovers website if you want to catch some of those games and locations. If you couldn't understand me and I spoke too quickly. <sighs> so on Saturday, Rovers lost 1 0 to Colester in the Lancer Senior Cup. No, give me a lip to Colester. Ah, there's no mooching in the Give us a lip, give us a lip to Colester. Ah, so the team was made up of no under 19 players with the exception of Leon the professional Sean and Sean Callan Dylan Maloney scored the late winner for Colester three minutes into the second half not a late winner he scored the winner so um, yeah and a big shout out to Bobby Best and uh, seems to be on the mend now he was giving a little presentation to himself I think Colester is his hometown club and Rovers is his heart club so a uh, little uh, shout out to Bobby and hopefully he gets better soon yeah excellent to see Bobby out and about yeah, so, um, yeah, we pretty much threw the 19s and the 17s, with the exception of Leon the Professional and Gaul and Sean Callan in defence. Uh, anyone with reports on Sean Callan would love to hear it because I still haven't seen much of him play. I heard he's a great prospect. So it'd be good to hear about him, see if he'd be able to step up and slot in there if we ever need him. The dream is over, girl. Dream is over, yeah. Anto, yeah, did you see Anto's post on uh, the Rovers chat, the Leinster Senior Cup team? When it first came up, he just goes, can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he's going to have to go. Well, Shelburne won it last time he stole it, so he's just going to steal on the new winners. It's just permanently camped out at Tolkien, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, on other news, we have Brando Cabinet starting in the Ireland under-19 semi-final of Portugal. They were outclassed. A very good run in Armenia. So, uh, big congratulations to Brando. And it's two goals in two games with Sean Boyd at Longford. That's Lone Watch. Hashtag Lone Watch. And uh, we have... And Dean Williams got a hat-trick for Bray recently. Banging them in. C-Block. He is playing against Bray. Um, or no, he's playing against Pats on Friday, I think, in Richmond. So a good pal of mine is on the coaching staff at Pats. He's going to give me his uh, probably biased and shy opinion of him. But I will take it in anyway. And um, yeah, great to see young C-Block. And I want to see us produce a striker. Like... Have we produced a striker to score goals? Like that's what you want, homegrown striker. So get him in the team next season, hopefully, and see how he gets on. Um, no hoop man. The nice races between the league world and mascots. Prof, what happened there? Don't know, but it's probably for the best because remember, did he not admit on this show that for the last race he'd been out the night before? Yeah, he was out on the rip. Hooperman out on the rip. He might have just embarrassed us. Yeah. So uh, yeah, next up we have our starting elevens and predictions. Right, so uh, Prof, I will go first, and this is going to be a tough one. Um, is Borky fit? Is he sharp? Could be fit, he might not be sharp. I'd say just start him anyway. <sighs> Fuck him in, yeah. So we'll go with Manus. Um, how are we injury wise? How's Joey? Not aware of any. Uh, right, that's it, isn't it? That's it, unless there's any blatant injuries we don't know of. So we're going to go with um, Cavo. Cavo could be out as well. Unless uh, we don't have any injuries, so it's still early in the week. We've Cavo left full, we've Joey Roy full, Pico and Grace centre half. I'm going to go with the 4 5 1 1, you could say. We're not going to go for a European formation. Uh, we're going to go Jacko in the middle with Bulger and uh, Finner 
Watsy and Perugia is probably still injured. So who goes out left? Danny Carr. I'm going to put Borky up front either way. Aaron Green out left. Put Aaron Green out left on the wing and get him whipping in balls for, for Borky. And Borky up top and see what happens with that. So, um, yeah, you've got Aaron Green out left. Jack just does his thing, so we don't really have a right side of midfielder. And, uh, yeah, we go Borky up top, number nine. Morph him into the new Twiggy. Mould him and sculpt him into the striker that we have been missing since Twiggy's the barger. And uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we'll wallop these. These are gonna be looking at the league. I don't think they fancy a cup run. Rovers away on a Friday night. Long old trip up. I'm gonna say five nil, prof. Five nil. Five nil. Borky hat trick. <laughs> Shaking around Johnny Blues. <laughs> uh, I'll say two nil win and Birkin on the score sheet as well. And a slight non-event possibly. I wouldn't mind that. I just want to get into the next round. Yeah, let's take that and a nice home draw. Be one round further than last year. So, unfortunately... Uh, cup weekend, Gar. The cup weekend, I'm excited. Actually sends a shiver down my spine. Yeah, I know. Good one for me, bad one for you. Yeah. Bit of a masochist myself. Um, We've played uh, Harps three times before in the cup. 1978, famous comeback win, 3-2. In extra time. 1991 was 4-3, so another ding-dong. Ding dong. So we went on to win it in 1978. That was the first time we'd won the cup since the six in a row. Uh, nine years earlier. So again, that's why it was so famous. 1991 under Noel King. And we beat Harps. We went on to reach the final. And then got beaten by Galway. And then our last meeting was 2001. We won 3 0 out in Body Buffet. But we ended up losing in the semi finals. The balls. Oh, so that's the stats on the cup against Harps. By the way, Graham Burke. He he hasn't played an FBI Cup game in a long time. And he has an excellent strike rate. Two and two. Oh, there we go. Let's make it three and three. Let's make it five and three. Because in the 2017 first round, he scored the only goal against Glenville. Then he scored in the 3-0 win over Shelburne in the second round. But then he got that injury, remember? Where they Ooh, put him out for yeah. the rest of the season. And then the following summer, that's when he joined Preston. So he never played in that drawhead game in the Cup. Yeah, so that is it pretty much for this week. The five-a-side... Uh, due to technical difficulties, could possibly not be on this year. Um, we'll just let that linger there. It could possibly not be on this year due to technical difficulties, we'll call it. <laughs> just give us a fucking date. All right, we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to plug the 100 show again this Sunday. Four Provinces pub in Camage, as Prof says. I call it Crumlin. Um yeah, the the old black horse, and we are kicking off at half two for the live show, for yeah. the, and five o'clock for anyone else who wants to turn up at the end of it and get your say in. So uh, yes, we are. Yes, yeah, so remember much. that that is the end of the show now, five pm. So if you if you're going to show up thinking you're going to be fashionably late, at about quarter to six, you might actually miss the whole podcast. So. Yes. So, so definitely, if you are going to come, be on time. Uh, we shall uh, look forward to your presence and it's been a long long time coming prop I mean not a long long time coming but did you ever think we get to 100 I can't say I did yeah it's crazy isn't it yeah sitting here now 100, 100 shows under the belt yeah so, we're going to make it a bit special uh, it's being recorded uh, so you can see highlights of, of prop is up to his hijinks again YouTube. hijinks I call them hijinks this fella is up there yeah my hijinks that you're referring to is I have created a documentary gear called 
the rise and fall of Tales from the East End. It's true. We've we've been through a lot, Prof. We've been through a lot. But we're back stronger now. I said this to Joey O'Brien. He said, what fall? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, it's, it's, it's made... Make this could be Joey. very apt in a couple of years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're trying to get it up in a couple of days. And... Uh, it's, it should be a bit of fun. Yeah, if you're viewing pleasure. So um, I look forward to seeing everyone's reaction to that now. Yeah, so that is it for this week. It's good to be back, Prop. It's good to be back. I'm looking forward to Sunday. And uh, that is it for this week. So we will see you Friday at the Prop's Perch in the South Stand. Sunday in the Four Provinces, pub in Crumlin. And keep on hoping. See you. <laughs>